everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. We are here today. We are in November, traditionally the big old AAA AAA release time window fun. Alex Navarro, mm-hmm. how is your November shaping up for you? Uh, is it a November to remember? Yeah, I think so. Sure, we'll go with that. It's always a November to remember yeah. with you guys. Brad Shoemaker, happy November. Thank you. I'm still in a Halloween mindset this year for some reason. I don't know why. It feels like Halloween was yesterday and I still want to do spooky stuff. And then I'm like, oh my God, Thanksgiving is next week. If you live my life the way I live it. Yeah. Spooky season is all year long. Fair. Fair. I actually turned on network television last night with the express purpose of seeing some holiday commercials. (laughs) How did you feel about that? It worked. Because okay. they're everywhere. Wait, really? Because, hey, wow. Yes, Let's, Mariah Carey oh yeah, oh saw yes. her shadow. It is only six or more weeks until Christmas. I had, I had to put on Dancing with the Stars, oh uh, The Voice, um, saw an ad for The Masked Singer, did not actually see The Masked Singer. Did you know? Good. I definitely, costume, I let me just stop you right there. No, I mm, definitely did not. But Did you know the, the biggest costume in Masked Singer history is imminent? Great. Is it like a parade float? I, don't, I didn't. I didn't get a good look at it. I was okay. not really paying attention. But is I think it just it was like an one of those big inflatable Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costumes? I'm not. It was large. It okay. was. It, it was whatever it was. It was large. Is it in charge? Uh, possibly. Will Listen, you be? Will you be charged? As someone with a giant mask collection, I can't get. Like I cannot deny the allure of big elaborate costuming. I am certainly not immune to it. But boy, that show is just a charmless fucking parade <laughs> of garbage. I'm surprised it's still uh, still kicking around. After it's one of the most popular years. shows on television, Vinny. <gasps> yes, I got the sense from the advertising. It is extremely popular. Just, I don't, I'm look. Like, like, I'm an old man sitting in my basement talking about video games. We're all old men who, sitting who in I? various rooms and basements. Yeah, who, who am I to judge what people do on their Tuesday night at 7:30 or whenever that show comes on? I'll tell you who I am. Who are you? A man who successfully put a hard drive in his PlayStation Five. Wait. Just Finally. recently? Yes. Wait, you mean a you mean NV, NVMe drive? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How long have you been sitting on that? Well, Wait, I sat, we I bought sat those things it. a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. We bought those things last December. I was just looking at the expenses recently. <laughs> yes, oh, I, know. I know. I know. Okay. What the fuck? All right, look. Look. The wheel turns slowly, but it sure turns. The wheel turns slowly, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Uh-huh. I put a different hard drive in there than the one I originally bought. Oh, wait, what happened because to the original Because I bought a one? four terabyte one on sale. Oh, oh wow. you got Which a new one. Get? Okay. Yeah. Do you have, five, you have four and a half terabytes in your PS5 now? I do. Never and I did have to buy a heat sink, but it was extremely easy to put together. Uh-huh. What, what drive did you get? Uh, I can look it up real fast if you want. I'm curious. Four, four terabyte, like, I, I think pricing stuff's going weird with computer pricing right now i think yeah. like storage prices are crashing but ram prices are skyrocketing if i'm not mistaken Boo. and graphics cards are getting expensive again oh, wait, i got the uh not? i got the mushkin gamma gen 4 okay all right nvme little mushkin yeah i feel like that's like oh my god they make an eight terabyte version of that model Jeez, they do. i'm not sure the playstation supports that though if, i think i think it actually does not if, yeah. not, if, if i'm not mistaken i want to say is. four was the ceiling for what it can do right now I th- that sounds right also this um eight terabyte drive is a thousand dollars yeah i did not pay that or even close to what their actual uh msrp was for the four terabyte one mushkin. so i just grabbed it yeah what yeah, is mushkin. that from i feels like that's from some kind uh, of oh, they've, uh, been, they've been around forever uh the mushkin 
Yeah. Yeah. Like my, I think my first or second SSD ever, like <laughs> 12, 14 years ago was a Mushkin. Sounds like something out of a, um, like young Frankenstein or some Mel Brooks movie. Like, uh, Mushkin. Mushkin. They, they were, they were, <laughs> they, were they were, they were a Ram maker from early on. Like if you were into building PCs mm. a very long time ago, they, maybe that's where they, I recognize I might it. have owned some Mushkin Ram at some point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I did it finally. I sat down, I did it, and uh, like every single person told me, you guys included, the hardest part was just getting the goddamn case off. Everything it does feel like you're going to snap, snap yeah. a tab those, on that thing. Those plates are weird. They yeah. are weird, and they twist in a weird way that makes you yeah. feel like you're breaking it, it even when you're yes. not. Yes, absolutely. That's what I broke. I broke a nail Ooh. on those things. Oh, like, I remember. Yeah, month, yeah. Like a month ago. Ouch. Um. um well, well, you gotta get that new PlayStation that has the side panel that just slides right yeah, off. I, dude, I fucking am still looking at that thing, thinking Slim like maybe I should like <clears throat> that. God, dude, that horizontal stand is such an eyesore. <laughs> but I just have a fascination with smaller consoles, and I kind of want to get my hands on that thing. What if it were only slightly smaller? It's actually only slightly smaller. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the only not thing that stopping much smaller. me. My, right now, my current PS5 has got some kind of shitty fan noise, and I just oh. need to find out if the fan is actually quieter on that thing. And if it is, I'm probably going to go get one. Can you do a? Is there? A, I'm sure there are guides there, but are there fan cleaning or replacement strategies for? Noisy? You can you can buy replacement fans, but I don't know that those are any better. I have to do that on my my Switch. The fan uh, really has a good old growl when it starts up when you turn that thing on, but mm-hmm. I think I've looked it up and like replacing the fan on that thing is a uh pain in the pain, booty a pain in the ass um, oh the ass the, booty yeah yeah the ass booty um so i don't know i just might wait for that thing to uh, like die and yeah we're almost there yeah right exactly just kind we're of almost there throw it in the river and just be done i need to ask alex mm-hmm. as someone who had five terabytes of storage in my playstation 4 pro yes uh-huh. Do you really need like four and a half terabytes in your PS5? So the answer is no. Uh, I will say I did go download a bunch of games that I had down. I had deleted mm-hmm. based on my extremely limited amount of space I had previous. Uh, that only amounted to about a terabyte and a half at most. And that was a bunch okay. of games. So Three. I am future proofing more than anything else. But now I also don't have to do the thing where I am down- deleting mm-hmm. a game three months after I downloaded it because I have to get on to the next thing. I mean, Man, with, I, I wish I'm sorry. Well, with that much memory, you I feel like you could almost install all of Call of Duty. Like you're you're getting pretty close. Yeah, you still can't get Warzone Got in there, but no, the rest of it you can get. <laughs> yeah. Right. Got them. It's funny like the, the 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 slim the slim bundle I keep looking there 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 is a slim bundle with Modern Warfare 3 that is 4.99. So it's like regular console price, you're basically getting Modern Warfare 3 for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. And I'm still and I'm still just like, eh, still yeah, not sure it's I worth guess. it. I guess I'll install it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, that slim does nothing for me. If there were something a little, a little more enticing about the uh, build on it, I, I would go. I would be more interested because I could also use a, a PS5 for the kids here uh, as mm-hmm. they're just hogging that machine all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's just I just I can't like I can't I just can't justify it. And plenty of yeah. other stuff to play for me in, in this house when they're. Did I tell you my son uh, 100%ed Spider-Man 2? No. All the trophies? Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then is that his first time for 100%ing a game? I or think it's platinum? his first time getting a platinum. Wow. He went That's back a big to, time he, in a boy's life. I know. I know. He, he immediately booted up Miles Morales and was like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go platinum this. And I said, look, this is uh, over 40 years of experience talking. Take a break. Mm-hmm. You got burnout. 
Yes. Come back to it. I almost, I also almost went and installed Miles Morales right after I finished two, thinking Mm -hmm. this exact same thing. Then I was like, I wonder, I wonder if it would be easy to go back because I'm, I'm guessing there are more quality of life and like just general improvements to like swinging and getting around and combat and stuff. Definitely that fast travel. I mean, yeah, the fast like, travel and the wingsuit are kind of it, as yeah. far as I, re- I remember. Like, I, w- I wonder if it would feel actually harder to go back to the first two games with all the stuff that they improved. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's a trophy hunter now. Well, congratulations, Craven Caravella. Just Means college is around the corner. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he can. Uh, he was pretty proud. He like, hey, should be. Check it out. I got them all. And they'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa! Come on. It's a Sony first party game. You got yeah. them all. all right, I mean, like that's on. that's me saying that though, because I think trophies are still, again, the most useless thing that have ever been added to video <laughs> games. But I even I am saying, good for him. That's good. He, that's great. He saw me. Uh, he saw me just kind of, uh, you know, going around in it, collecting all the bots and everything. And he was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm, uh, I'm getting the trophy." The platinum, and mm-hmm. then I, you know, you know how kids learn. Where'd you learn this? I learned from I learned watching it by you. watching you. <laughs> yeah. And then when I saw him play, I was like, "What are you doing?" I'm uh, soaking up some of these trophies here. This you- is your brain. <laughs> this is your brain on trophies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Any questions? It's uh, I, I mentioned this in the ramble cast, but it, he is definitely like you know, look, he's he's eleven going on twelve, so like he's closer to twelve and eleven now, which I feel like is right in the make or break period for like establishing his gaming persona. Yes. Like I'm trying to think what was I playing at the age of 11 to 12? Like like, that was tail tail end of NES, like early SNES Genesis was going on. So everything from revenge of Shinobi to super Mario world and F zero in that time frame. And I kind of feel like it's a time of, and think times are different from when we were that age, but by several orders of magnitude. (laughs) Yes. Like he's probably at the point where he should have his own account on everything and, and be, a, and that's weird to think about. If you think about like our, our accounts on things, like if you come up with your username and you can change usernames now, but you know, email addresses and all those things, you have to, you know, lock in from the time you're 10 or 11 or 12. Your parents sat down with you and like, what do you want your gamer tag to be? You think about this for a bit. It's your Xbox gamer tag. What do you, and you're 11 years old and you're like, you know, uh, taco head be like, that's what you want. That's it's your taken. life now. How about taco head XX 57? Y 57? Cause it's the only one available. Uh, that's like a weird, com- I feel pressure. I don't think he does, but I feel that pressure to be like when you're 45 and you're telling people your taco head XX 57, it's just a weird Listen, thing. Listen, when we were growing up, you could experiment with usernames because there just weren't that many taken back then. (laughs) And so you could have the worst usernames in the world. It wouldn't matter because then you could just peel off and go on to the next one. When I had to make Roblox uh, user accounts for both my kids and I had to make one for myself because I was going to join them and stuff. I think Roblox might have, and this is going to blow your minds maybe, the hardest thing to get a name on. I believe like, it. I was just typing in garbage, like a cat walked across the keyboard, and it was like, that's taken. No, that's taken. They must have bots or something. Oh, just to make dude, an there's account. so many fucking bots on there, as I, far as I can tell. It's just like, I was, I, it was so hard to come up with a coherent name yeah. 
on that thing um, that has not been stolen seven thousand times over right yeah that that one was really hard the xbox was uh uh maybe up there because that's an online account also that needs verification mm-hmm. P- sony i think lets you do offline accounts for the kids or for for kids and then but then eventually I had to put them online for other stuff on the ps5 and the whole thing <sighs> they tried to play plants vs zombies on the playstation i think no xbox they had it and it wanted them to log in with an ea account and i was like come on man like come on it was a first plants versus zombies i was like oh are these servers even up anymore apparently no child should ever have to go through getting an ea account ea account ubisoft account um you know xbox microsoft i feel like um warner brothers is optional because you kind of just get stuff right Square Enix, Capcom. Square Enix, I feel like, is mandatory in some stuff. Capcom became mandatory in Street Fighter. Um, Bethesda had a whole thing going for a while. Yeah, that probably ties back into your Xbox stuff now, At this now, point, right? yes. Um, yeah, like, they used to be optional. Remember, it was like, sign up and you'll get a, um, you know, a cool skin and maybe some updates. We'll and send you 10 U-Bucks, which you can use to buy half of one cool skin. Yeah, it's... I, I don't think I realized it until I had to do it for kids. I'm like, does my fuck man, does my nine year old need to have a Ubisoft account? And now I need a separate email address for this and like got a monitor and another password. And that's how you know we have strayed as a society from the light. Yeah. If your yeah. nine year old has to get a Ubisoft account. I know. I know. Anyway. We're here to talk about some video games. It is a lighter season that I opened with the November big releases, as I've talked about many times. Big AAA, the big old money sink of games, uh, is the is lighter, but there are plenty of smaller games coming out. The big promoted games, let's say, of November's past seem lighter this year, uh, but plenty of other stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, it's a, I feel like it's a little bit of a catch up time, which is very nice, also uh, to go into. Alex, let's start with a game that you have played both on stream and in your private time: Thirsty Shooters. Yes. The new game from the makers of Falcon Age, if you remember that one. I do. Uh, this is a game that is a mixture of, uh, okay, how many different pieces am I going to pull together here? There is a turn-based battling system. Mm-hmm. There is a skateboarding mechanic that okay. you often use to get around in not exactly an open world, but a number of open environments that you can kind of fast travel between as you are going through your days. To do what? And it is a story. Of romance. Oh, lovely. Well, let's just say romance that is not uh, necessarily requested by the main character. I see. Uh, uh. You So you play a girl who has come home. I don't know if it's from college exactly or just from moving away from her hometown. Where I'm at in the story, they have not gotten too far into the backstory of how things went wrong. Just that things did go wrong. Hmm. Uh, out there in the world, and so you return home to your small, I think, Pacific Northwestern town. A lot of that going around. Uh, And your family is a mixture of Sri Lankan and Indian, and your parents are very... Well, okay, your mother is very judgy. (laughs) Your dad is a real goof in a nice, you know, very happy-go-lucky kind of way. Your sister is not talking to you and is about to get married. Okay. And as soon as you arrive back in town... All of your exes appear to have unionized and are all up to some shit. Also, you, you don't even know your sister's getting married, I think. Like, you that's don't how when not you talking arrive, to you yeah. she is. Uh, yeah. 
And it's it, like the setup from what I saw you play from some of the materials, it seems like this is a little, um, it's not the real world, let's say. It's It's got a cartoonish flavor to it. It's very stylized, like every move that your character does has a weird flip or flourish to it that is kind of awesome. Like, she doesn't walk down the stairs. She does a cartwheel down the stairs and then does, like, a bicycle kick onto the floor. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot of that, and it's kind of rad. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is not... Okay, so, like, this this year has actually had a couple of really good stories kind of set in, you know, immigrant South Asian families. It's not like Venba, which is very much a low-key, very narrative-heavy very focused on kind of the core family members and kind of the drama and the, you know, the heartbreak of aspects of that story. There's a little of, I think, some heartbreak and some anger and some some internal family strife going on here, but the way it's delivered is a lot more Scott Pilgrim yeah. than just, like, you know, indie drama. Right, because, you, like you said, there is also kind of fighting in this yes. game as well. Yeah, so, like, your grandmother, who is not in the game at the point that I am playing, though is talked about a lot as sort of a looming figure, uh, is, like, the random battles in this game are you just skating around town, and then you get accosted by various people that apparently have uh, been sent by your grandmother as suitors to try and uh, get in with you. And then there are also a bunch of your exes running around, some of which you start to kind of repair relationships with, others which seem like they might be up to some shit, it's hard to say yet. <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty good justify. Like when you were streaming this, I was wondering, okay, this has got kind of JRPG combat. Is it going to have random encounters? It's an amazing justification for the random encounters. It is. And they kind of let you decide how many of those you want to deal with. Like you find these gifts on the ground. And when you hit one, it says gift or grift. And it does a, a dice roll. If it's a gift, you get an item or something else. If it's a grift, you end up in a battle with one of those randos that just shows up. Are you gaining any experience uh, points or yes. points to drop into stuff? So there's like three different character classes that are all kind of running at once. Oh, the, you saw a little right. bit of that, the Heartbreaker, yeah. the Bohemian, yeah. uh, the Star. And so like decisions you make in dialogue and other things that you do in the game kind of determine where those points go. And you can also decide which ones you want to dump points into. And apparently that does have some narrative consequence, mm. though I haven't seen much of that yet. Um, a lot of what I've been doing is kind of just been familiarizing myself with the town. It has a little bit of that night in the woods flavor of like the town has fallen a little bit on hard times. There used to be an industry here that is no longer really kind of the big boon anymore. It was a logging town and the, the, the city at some point decided they were going to build a big logging themed theme park, got most of the way through it and then abandoned the project. So now it's just the haven of a cult of skaters that all wear the bear mascot face that uh the the park was supposed to have oh, that's creepy yeah it's a little weird i'm not really sure what's going on there yet though your most notable ex tyler she is a reporter and she is investigating what is going on there so there's a little bit of like mm. are you gonna get back in with her not, eh, it's hard to say yeah, well alan wakish <laughs> yeah <sounding>. definitely <laughs> Instead of- pacific northwest town spooky shit happening who can say deer slash bear yeah. masks um and that's on uh that's on game pass on over on the xbox systems it's yes. a thir- if you're a, you're a game pass member 30 bucks uh across the rest of the uh pc ps playstation family let's say the main you're thing i want to em- 
Yeah, oh, I really am. And that's the, okay. the thing I really want to emphasize is that all that stuff is not just a lot of flavoring and style with kind of nothing else going on behind the hood. Like, none of the individual systems are super complicated or super deep. Like, the skateboarding is pretty easy. Uh, the fights, as long as you kind of know which sorts of taunts and special attacks to use, you can get through them pretty easy. But all of it together, I feel like, is pretty compelling, and it's, like, the style is definitely, it's not overwhelming, it feels like it fits within the context of the story they are telling. Uh, and I like, I like Jala as a character, like, she's cool, and her yeah. exes are all varied and weird in different ways, and portrayed very amusingly, so I'm, I'm really into what they're doing here. Yeah, watching you watching you stream it, it seemed like there was more meat on the bone mechanically than I kind of expected there to be, Yeah, which is cool. It's trying a bunch of different things, and I feel like it knows the scope of what to do with those things to not make any one thing overwhelming. I also really like the soundtrack. Seems yes, to, uh, it's very good. Like, everything about the visuals and the art and the sound and all that stuff, like, is, is really well done. Thirsty Suitors. I'm going to uh, finish this one, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I want to jump into it. I haven't had the time to get in there. Curious how long you wind up uh, putting into it. Yeah, hard to say, but again, it is on Game Pass if you have that, and this is like, you know, I would say definitely at least try it on Game Pass if nothing else. Yeah, I think it's on everything if you're... Uh, I believe it's available everywhere, yeah. Switch PC, the whole uh, business. Uh, Brad Shoemaker switching gears to a slightly different game type here. Risk of Rain Returns. Speaking of really liking the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. dude. I've I've never played a Risk of Rain before, as far as I can tell. Okay, I straight up went and looked at Risk of Rain one and two videos on Giant Bomb to make sure that I was like, <laughs> I love that. That's was I the on catalog of, of just double checking what you play. Memory is fallible. Yeah. Internet video, as long as the servers are still up, <laughs> right. is forever. I, uh, you know, I guess, well, actually, I've got Steam right in front of me. I guess I could just check and see. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's never played. Your Steam library this, is definitely forever. I do the same thing of just like people will be like, you finished that game. I'll be like, wait, what? And I'll go check for a video. I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, there it is. There's video evidence from some other Matrix mm -hmm. timeline of me finishing this game. Okay, I have Risk of Rain 1 and 2 in my library. I don't believe I have ever actually launched either one of them. Mm. Probably got in some so sale bundle somewhere along oh, the way. Oh, 31 minutes on Risk of Rain 2. I might have at least booted it up. I don't know, man. Maybe we streamed it during the pandemic or something. It's anyway, well, thirty-one minutes isn't enough unless you did like a yeah. like a quick thing on it. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's two, and I guess that's the whole thing with returns is is returns is one, which I'm quite sure I have not played before. So, okay. like, this was my first experience with Risk of Rain, which puts me in a bad position to tell you what's new. Although there is a bunch of new stuff because there are straight up toggles in there for. Like new levels, new enemies, new mechanics, which I assume is mostly items and maybe traps and stuff. I think so, but yeah. You can you can actually toggle all the new content on and off individually. Oh, so from what um, you can tell, this would replace Risk of Rain, the original. Like yes. Well, they are separate products. Like Risk of Rain still exists. In fact, the official title on Steam is now Risk of Rain 2013. Oh, wild. Okay. Uh, and Risk of, so Risk of Rain Returns is just a kind of superset of the first game. Okay. It's, I guess, a remastered, like, upgraded... I don't know what this says about Risk of Rain 2, which was a third-person 3D game, mm -hmm. whereas Risk of Rain, if you don't know, is a 2D side-scrolling roguelike. Yes. Perhaps you've heard of them. From like 2013, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the sprite is tiny. I don't think I was prepared for how small the sprite is. It reminds me of like, um, like remember N? Yeah, Ninja game? Mm-hmm. 
like how tiny like the games games like or super me boy games with like a super 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 small sold that mm-hmm. um the game rules yeah it is very good i mean it is it's hard kind of exactly I, I i'm sure this was more notable in 2013 than it is now in terms of like 800 games pretty similar to this have come out since then definitely um but there's definitely something still very compelling about the way this thing works like i think it's it's, i think it's how survivable you are like it seems pretty generous with giving you more health and more stuff to keep you going like their solution to make this game hard and make it run based is not let's never give you more health let's never give you anything that's going to keep you going they give you a ton of stuff that keeps you going from what I've seen so far. It's just they lay on the bullshit that much heavier. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of a it's kind of the old Dota thing of like balance up, not down, you know, like always give people more fun stuff to do with totally. things with, but always but just add, make it that much harder to compensate. It's funny you mention it now that I'm thinking back to I've only played really Risk of Rain two, but this isn't a very one-to-one connection here but in some ways it's a little um vampire survivors-esque where like you are getting yeah stuff that is just piling on the damage and the, the AOE, and it's yeah. all about the stacks but there is so much bullshit coming at you that it's hard yes. to keep up yeah <clears throat> yeah like you're getting um you're getting like aoe auras or i mean i've yeah. only done a few runs but it's like you got auras around you the damage stuff like there's a lot of like effects that proc off your basic weapon as you're shooting you know mm-hmm. it's like oh shit now i'm like launching mortars out of this thing in addition to a machine gun and right. lots of like abilities and items to use on cooldowns like you're you're exploding with damage output yes it's just there's a whole lot of shit around you that you need to damage to death and that's pretty hard. So yeah. were you play were you playing in uh, rando matches or were you playing with anybody you know? Or? I was just playing by myself Solo? so far. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess like how big a deal is co op in well, solo so, games? I know in two, like it seemed like two a lot of people were playing two co op. Yeah, so the, there was co op because Patrick and I played some of it together back in the day, but I rem- what my recollection is that the co op in the first game was kind of hard to get going or was like it required like ser- like you to host a server and like it was not as easy as like, you know, let's just say a lot of games in the ensuing 10 years have made it to kind of sync up for stuff like that. Um, so I imagine they probably reworked that slightly for this. Uh, I've not had a chance to try out this this new version of it, but but co-op, I mean, it was definitely it wasn't necessarily the only way to play, but it was definitely one day one thing they wanted you to do if you if you could. That's neat. That's neat that that yeah. they've gone back and touched some stuff up. Yeah, it's it's only fifteen bucks. I I'm looking. I don't know if there's like an upgrade path from the original. If you can just pay a few bucks mm. and get the new one, but still, it's only fifteen bucks. Like, there's new playable characters. I think there's just kind of new everything. Yeah, they added stuff to basically every part of that game, as far as I can tell. And um, uh, just to go back to your point at the beginning of this, Brad, boy, that soundtrack fucking kicks yes, ass. Still, I, I I already downloaded the soundtrack from Steam. <laughs> yep, it's, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> like I was just literally halfway through my first run, I was like, man, there is no reason for this music to go this hard. Mm. Speaking of music, all right, so that's Risk of Rain Returns, 15 bucks. I think it's on Switch and PC. Yeah, like I was kind of, I've been playing on PC, but I was like, this, if I was going to stick with this, maybe the Switch mm. is the way to go because this is, seems like a great like play on an airplane for mm. a few minutes at a time kind of thing. Though similar to Vampire Survivors, I also remember a lot of bullshit getting on that screen, and I wonder if the Switch might even struggle a little bit yeah. with the sheer amount of bullshit that comes in late yeah. and runs in that game. That's a good point. Maybe that's my excuse to go get a Switch OLED. I don't know. Mm, there you go. About that too. Lately. No, don't uh, do that. 
Well, shouldn't. well, just hold out. You'll, yeah, just hold out. It's another year, be, man. You'll be served. You'll get, you get your new Steam Deck, your new Switch, and a, some kind of better PlayStation down in four years. See, see I'm not falling for it. I'm not buying yeah. that damn new Steam Deck because I not know yet. it doesn't matter. If they're making another one in two or three years, fine. I'll, I'll talk about it yeah. then, but I'm not, I'm not buying that upgraded one. I'm not doing it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll get to that in the news. Um, Maybe if they make a four terabyte version, then I'll see if I'm about getting it. <laughs> But what I was going to say on soundtrack stuff, aside outside of the game stuff, I found out today when I was looking through some new stuff, I did not know that the lo-fi girl had like a narrative from uh, that lo-fi beats the chill out to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, when... I did not know there was like a universe in which oh, yes. things change for the lo-fi oh, girl. Yes. Like when when there, there was a hubbub, let's say, on Twitter, I saw when it, it was revealed that lo-fi boy was like... Like they've been like looking at each other out their windows the whole time. I believe you mean Synthwave Boy. Synthwave Boy is that I, okay? I saw people calling him that. Like I was gonna say, it's bad to just give the same same name to both your characters, right? You need some differentiation. I believe there. it is Synthwave There's, Boy and Lo-Fi Girl, and I apparently still, she disappeared. And if you go to the Lo-Fi Beats thing, it is now just an empty chair. I don't know if that has changed, huh. but it was reported on, and I was kind of amused and. Then closed it and was like, okay, I need to get on with my life. But interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a weird thing. I got I got somewhat into Lo-Fi Girl for a little bit a few months ago, but it, I they just need a little more on there. It cycles it cycles tracks mm. a little too quickly. What's to the she point reading? that I was like, all right, I've I've heard this one eight times now. Do we know what books she's got in front of her? Studying something. I don't know. <laughs> she's ever gonna she's gonna get that thesis done, man. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break here. Let's we'll come back. We'll talk some more. Alan Wake Two, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, and Alex, your final thoughts on the Mario Kart Mario Kart Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Booster Course Pass series. Mario is uh, Kate. Uh-huh. Luigi is Ashley. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mario twins. Kate and, and Luigi. Yes. Uh, and you, at the end of the story, you learn that family matters. Well, no, it uh, <laughs> We'll be right back after it's a full this. house. Thank you. Yes. We are back, and indeed, it is a full house. Um, that full house remakes is that that done? That like reboot of oh, the house? Netflix thing, Fuller House, whatever they they made. I think that was was, was that. I never watched it. That was, was on Netflix. Like a, it's not just like a one and done. I, I thought they might have done two seasons of it, but they did oh. not. I don't know that it went very far beyond that. Um. Anyway, what do I know? What I do know is that family matters in terms of getting people together to play some super crazy rhythm castle. Uh, this is Konami's video game rhythm video game here. I oh, have I played it single player, Sorry, and that I game forgot. really wants you to play multiplayer. Sorry, I'd not. <laughs> So discombobulated when you said Konami, I couldn't hold my tongue. Uh-huh. I, I forgot. I forgot that was made by Konami. Uh huh. That's still so weird. It it's like it's one thing to put out like shitty remasters of Metal Gear games you already own, but like Konami publishing actual new games. The whole thing has a really weird vibe to it. I kind of like it. Um, I have. I'm not very far into it. It's like a rhythm. Okay, you guys are familiar with like. Dan Reichert, right? Like Not really. So no, like, what's that? It's like if Dan Reichert were hosting a mini game, uh, a mini game party with rhythm stuff, and kept fucking with everybody, like mm. while you're trying to do your 
uh, rhythm games, like putting stuff on the screen or mm. like causing you to do other stuff. Yes, That's this the- smacks of Mario Party. <laughs> It's got that vibe in the beginning, at least. And that's why playing with multiple people seems really like the way to play this. They do try to add in mechanisms so you can play by yourself, but I found them lacking. Mm. Uh, You get this really creepy dog that's a hand uh, that'll run around and do stuff. But you're supposed to be like, oh, or at least again, very early on where I am, one person is focusing on doing the rhythm game stuff. Other people are, are pulling levers and doing other things around to keep the rhythm going or, or to keep the screen clear or to collect stuff. Um, very weird audio visual sync tools built in. Like they're, <laughs> they don't really explain even what they're doing. It took me about two minutes to figure out what they actually wanted me to do for them. Uh, but uh, they do have them built in there. The whole game just feels like it dropped out of nowhere. Uh, and I don't know if this was an arcade game somewhere uh, I don't or something. I think so. It seems like it's the developer's first game, at least on Steam. But the music's fun, and that's important. It's got a fun soundtrack, uh, and the visuals and the style is kind of offbeat enough to feel uh, kind of like older konami weird you know like yeah this does look weird it's got kind of a cool visual style i'm way into this eggplant dj yeah and like i'm just worn around as a guy with a boombox on his head um not the first time i've been a character with a boombox on their head but i'm i'm there i'm here for it um and you're just kind of running around doing these weird mini games and having this person on the king or whatever of the castle coming and messing with you while you're trying to uh, uh come at the king let's say uh it's did you miss I did. And oh. so the game rated me because I'm uh, an expert gamer. Mm. Uh, as a pro, it kind of tries to auto evaluate you in the first couple of levels how you've been doing. And it's like, you're pro. We're going to put you on pro. It's like, all right, if that's where we want to land, that's fine with me. And on the net, like one of the very next puzzles, since I was playing single player, it gave me an AI person, uh, like a um, non player controlled character, to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just kept failing the level, even though I was doing all my stuff. I felt like perfectly. I'll blame it mm-hmm. on the controlled uh, player. But a, a human may have been able to do it. I don't know. I'm so, surprised. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It's I'm surprised it's got online co-ops. Speaking of needing people to play it properly, like maybe we should try that. I'm like, I'm kind of shocked to see an, like a rhythm game have. I mean, you know, you can always design yeah. around latency. So maybe it, maybe they account for that, but. So online I th- co-op, not something I would have expected. So I think not only does it have online co-op, it might have online, and I have to verify this one, if we should play this, but might have individual difficulty settings per player as well. And I'm not, because when it gives you the sum of your uh, uh, total on the course, it says your name and then the difficulty underneath it. And again, I haven't mm-hmm. played with, I was going to play this with my kids, but uh, you know. It's uh, they got so it's school. rock band style, you know. It's play at your difficulty, but uh, there's a funneled together like group score or whatever. That's kind of what maybe maybe is going on here. Again, I can't verify that. Also, I had to look up if it had an online uh, co-op after I played it because it didn't seem like it. There was a I, or I missed the online part in the first menu, and I was kind of with you, Brad, being like, "Oh, this probably only has local." But then I looked it up. Yeah, sure enough, it says hmm. it's got an online co-op right there. Well, then we have yeah. to try it. Yeah, it's no choice. Yeah. I'd give it a shot. Like I kind of just feel responsible for keeping up with what the hell Konami is up to. More yeah. these days than usual. It's forty bucks. It's on pretty much everything. I was playing on the PlayStation Five. Uh, like I said, quirky. Seems fun. Fun soundtrack. At least from what I played. And I'm sure there's 
hit and miss songs in there like any rhythm game. But it kind of reminded me so far, the soundtrack kind of reminded me of one of my favorite rhythm games, uh, Elite Beat Agents, uh, and just a kind of mishmash kind of, I don't know what that style of music is, pop, popish, I don't know, goofy. Goofy music is what. Is I any think. of it licensed? Did you mention? I can't remember. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if we did a stream of it, it would get pulled down. Or, okay, fair or, enough. Or, if that's your definition of licensed, I'm sure somebody's would be. Cl- someone would is be it illegal? <laughs> is it illegal music? <laughs> it's probably illegal. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Like from if there's Konami, you know, went out and got the music for this, or they licensed it. I'm not sure. You know, if they went out and uh, requested new music. Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. It's available now. Again, it's on kind of everything there. 40 bucks. Alan Wake 2. Still a threat. Heard of that? Alan Wake 2. I uh, am continuing with Alan Wake 2. I have uh, uh, made my way through Coffee World. If that mm-hmm. means anything to anybody. I, I, I played some Coffee World at the yeah. preview event a while back. Uh... It's uh like I think I I like what's going on here. I just I, I dare to say I love kind of the presentation and and the things in it. Mm-hmm. Just the poking around, looking for containers and navigating the environments. I have just found to be tough, labyrinthian. A lot of doubling back, a lot of um, having to go to the map just to find if I pass the container or not because I can't see it or I, I can't find it. Hey, you know, and there's ammo scarcity in that game, so you want to make sure you're you're full up on ammo and and like, uh. But man, the characters in that game are great. It's just mm-hmm. they're just weird, and I'm having know. a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, that has been my prevailing opinion the entire time is that I can feel the developers are like, oh yeah, this is gonna fuck them up. Let's go. I think I'm nearing another boss fight here. So uh, if you guys watch the stream, if anybody out there watched the stream of me playing, I did not have a good time with that first boss fight. I'm curious to see how this next one will go. Uh, at least it seems like I'm, I'm nearing another boss fight. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how that goes. Uh, I haven't, I've been mostly playing as um, Saga, not as Alan. Once they gave me up the opportunity to switch back at, at will, I've kind of just been mainlining the Saga stuff. As far as I can go, I don't know if they'll force me to go back into Alan at some point or if there's a reason to go back to Alan that is not clear to me yet, but I've been mostly playing as Saga. Saga's story to me so far is a little more interesting than Alan's story. I kind of, things are getting extreme, as you might guess, extremely weird for poor Saga in the mm-hmm. Alan Wake verse. I really like it. I, the, um, the Remedy Connected University. Yes, boy, they are really putting a lot of uh control stuff or what's the what's the organization that control the, the fbc yes there's a lot of fbc peppered throughout this game interesting that's that's cool to hear i'm dying to get back to that game i have been quite literally since last third the day after last week's podcast like been slowly getting a pc back together <laughs> mm-hmm. a new n- think, technically new think, pc again well eh, it depends on how you <laughs> full-on ship of theseus here mm-hmm do I consider uh, a new PC? Did you have to take the CPU out of the motherboard at some point, oh, or yeah. or repaste a CPU? Oh yes, oh, then that's a new on, PC. Yeah, a full on and on not not just a different CPU, but a different brand of CPU. Like once you're at the point where you're either scraping uh, uh, thermal paste off of a CPU or repasting a CPU, you've that's to me that is the current most annoying thing about computer building is because you stack so much stuff on top of the CPU at this point, mm-hmm. like. 
you know, there's a order of operations you need because coolers are so big and video cards are so big that once you're like, oh my gosh, I got to take everything out of this case just to mm-hmm. get to the CPU. You've taken yeah. everything out of the case. Let me, let me tell you the good word about graphite pads. Yeah. Are they trustworthy? Yeah, they're yeah, but they have quite. They're they, not quite as good as paste. They're they like degrade just faster, slightly. Right? No, no, no. They last forever. Oh, they do. Okay, that's the whole thing. You put one on, and as long as it meets your cooling needs, you never have to touch it again. All right. But if you have to pull the CPU off, it's dead simple. No, no cleaning up old paste. Okay. Good heat also, transfer. There's, there, there's some. I was reading about some. I. I wish I had noted who makes this like, you know, those kind of like space age materials where it's like, oh, it's made by 3M and here it has like this eight, eight character code is the name of it. You sure. know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. It's like 3M, you know, 92C750. Sure. Yeah. Like there's some new material like that that people are starting to use also instead of paste. Weird. Floating around out there that I was thinking about trying. It's like used for thermal paste and somehow lines it's, spaceship it's like a, things or something. It's like a, yes, exactly. It's yeah. like a thermally conductive interface material. Yeah. That I was thinking about trying, but I don't know. This thing finally seems to be in a pretty good place. So good. hopefully I will get to play some Alan Wake soon. Get back in there with the Alan Wake. Um, uh, there are, I'm not saying it's perfect game, uh, like, but I am enjoying uh, what's going on in it. I think at some points I want to like it more than I'm enjoying that. I am actually enjoying it. You know, like, Oh, I just got pushed through this part and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get moving. Um, I definitely feel like I am fighting myself to want to play more of it. Uh, because I do like what is going on here. I think I, I, I dialed the difficulty down from the get go because mm. I was just like, I don't really want to wrestle with this thing too much. And that's fine. It's just that I think that the actual gameplay investigation stuff is less interesting to me than sort of the weird accoutrement that are going around go around the edges of everything. Yeah, there, there, there's like it, it's like a weird spike in the in the in the plot line, right? And mm-hmm. I don't mean the plot line, the narrative. Like if you were plotting my enjoyment with this game, there are like big old spikes. Where like this is awesome, yes. and then there are parts where I'm like, uh, do I even want to go back to the case board and just throw pictures on this thing because I have them? Yeah, uh, like I don't know, it's kind of tedious. And then like, oh, I should just look around and get these safes, and you know, and then it's like another big spike because we hit like another big narrative point, and it's super fun and dumb, and weird stuff is happening. So yeah, Alan Wake 2 continuing along there. I'm going to try and finish that one up. I didn't have a ton of time to play it this weekend because I'm just going to mention this here because it's probably the best place to mention it. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Overcooked. Okay. I finished Overcooked again with my kids uh, and I have realized that Overcooked is just a great way to gauge where you are with your family, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way that game handles multitasking and coordination with people. And this is maybe the third time I've tried to go into Overcooked with my kids, and we beat it. Oh. And we, co- we, could not, we could not get there at all in the first time. Mm-hmm. Could not get there. We, we, we were able to push forward the second time, but we had to have a very clear... Uh, uh, distinction of duties, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're not going to ever do this because it's too stressful for you. Uh, but will my my son and I will handle it? And now everybody's just on board. We're doing it. We're firing on all cylinders, getting three stars. My wife is like, I am not playing that game. Uh, that is too stressful. What is wrong <coughs> with you people? Uh, but my kids and I finished Overcooked one. We're now going through Overcooked two. Still a great game. Fantastic. I feel like you're. I feel like you're going to develop some overcooked scale of adolescent development or something you, it's like here's here's 
here's how well the family gets along and overcooked at age 12 at age 13 that's right mm-hmm. like did you get past uh making pizza wow you're really far <laughs> you guys are far along oh soup eh, everybody gets past soup pizza though that's tough um couldn't get the pizza done somebody had to go off and sulk <laughs> and it's actually interesting and i thought this was in overcooked and or at least overcooked too we're playing the um playstation super bundle i forget what it's called like all you can eat edition and we only have three people so somebody winds up usually on their own in a space you know how overcooked will like separate a space out where it's like oh something in the environment is causing one person to be alone here and two people here um i thought you could do something where you can just swap the player without having to change controllers to be like i'll be the person who's alone because you know but a lot of times it was my daughter who was alone in that space and she handled it like a champ. She's great. She was able to get it, get everything going. Uh, we didn't fight. There's no barking at each other. Uh, we, we two starred everything at two, at least two starred everything. It was great. It really is though. A gauge of like, well, I don't know. We go back in there and try for three stars in five years. Yeah. We got mom in there. The fourth player would be pretty handy. Help out. Anyway, that's overcooked. Uh, other one I'll mention here quickly is, um, before we move on to Mario Kart, Satisfactory got its uh, new Unreal Engine facelift with a bunch of huh. uh, uh, other mechanics going on. It is yeah. now UE5. I saw that. That's kind of crazy. You don't see games upgrading <laughs> engines like that very often. It's it's kind of a massive update for for the game. I mean, along with huh. the other uh, gameplay mechanic stuff that's updated, I'm a little scared to. I, so I jump back into it, and to your point, Brad, I'm a little nervous that we're going to be in like a, a frenzy of patches. You know, of trying to figure out like, oh, this thing, oh, this thing broke. We didn't realize. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Um, I will say the first time you mentioned this to me, I thought you were talking about Factorio, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck would you do with that game in Unreal Engine Five? And then, like, oh, right, that's yeah. the other factory game that Zavini really likes. Uh, yeah, jeez, so- I, I just looked it up on Steam. I mean, it is still in early access. Mm-hmm. That thing came out in 2019. Holy yep. crap! Like they're four years into early access on this thing. I mean, it it makes sense if this is like this is, seems like the kind of game that you might support for a freaking decade after it comes out. Yes. You know? Like that, that kind of makes sense to get on newer technology if it's going to be around for that long and you're going to be adding to it. So this is update. I think this is update eight. It kind of it just dropped. Uh, I booted up. The game looks gorgeous. Uh, they didn't do full implementation of all the UA5 features as uh, on everything that they want to. Especially, I forget what it's called, Brad. Maybe you remember. That's the Lumen. Lumen, Lumen is the lighting engine. Lumen. Nanite is the... Uh, in practical terms the level of detail thing so i think they did the lumen stuff just on not on all the machines yet i think they said they're going to roll that in in the patch notes i could be wrong but i there is global illumination you can toggle on the it is off by default even if you're on ultra because they say you know look that's you know this is a big thing we're just gonna put i put it on it seemed to be running okay my factory is pretty big uh, I'll see when I play with my other. How group. big <laughs> is it? Pretty big. Um, I'm. I might. Might be time to download Satisfactory again. It's a. It looks good. There's a lot of stuff in it. So the narrative stuff isn't in it yet. Um, that's kind of the big thing. Uh, with the group I play with, um, we're nearing the end of the um, phases, which are the big kind of get you new stuff thing. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what's going on there. We're making nuclear pasta. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. Delicious. Delicious nuclear pasta. How do, how do they handle like phases? Is, is that kind of like ages in like a civilization sense? It's like, oh, you've, you've entered the, I mean, not the bronze age, but you know what I mean? Kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you reach a new tier of technological development. So for a while you do tiers and you get new items and new things. And then you're just basically satisfying, um, requests for these more complicated items. Uh, uh, and you're, you're unlocking things like, uh, uh, hover packs, jet packs, trains, you know, all these things to kind of ease the factory. Uh, burden a bit mm-hmm. uh, and i started playing with my son i talked about it a bit on the ramble cast and starting from scratch is uh where you don't have to if you have your own server but we started from scratch it's weird going back and starting with nothing there just rock and stick style game anyway that's a big one for satisfactory i mean like yeah. you said a big engine change that's uh it's intense i have not looked at this in a while if if the number of steam reviews is anything to go by they have sold a lot of copies of this game i'm sure um it's coffee stain uh yeah. and I, I think they're doing okay i think you know i'm sure a lot of people want to be done with status or like you know development on it as well and move on i think they uh again i could be wrong here but i thought maybe their big person who put out videos their community person liaison left for another company too uh, mm. yeah, it's a long time to yeah. be working on stuff i could be wrong on that though uh all right that's satisfactory overcooked and finally here Nintendo has finished putting out their Mario Kart courses, their booster pack, their last one, Wave 6. They finally finished Mario Kart. It's done. They started on the Wii U, and here on the Switch, they are finally finishing Mario Kart 8. More than Alex, a decade after it launched on the Wii U. Uh, what is your... What is your... What, what do you rate the booster course pass? Well, as our chief Mario Kart correspondent, correspondent, uh-huh. um, if you will... Um, I kind of went into this with the assumption that there would be some definite bangers in there, but based on the number of courses they were talking about offering and the time span in which they were going to release them, this was probably going to be more about volume than it was about making sure every one of your old favorites is in here. Mm-hmm. And I was right. Uh-huh. Now that said, a good number of my old favorites are in here. Granted, some of those were already in there before they started doing this DLC, but they did add some more. Shout out to Coconut Mall. Um, I think for 25 bucks, whatever complaints I have don't really matter that much. There's, it's 48 fucking courses. It's, it's a bunch of new characters. (laughs) Like it maybe does not matter. That's such an insane number of new courses to go with the ton that were already in there. So you get courses, some character, eight characters, right? I believe it was eight characters. And then because they didn't start releasing characters until they already done the first three waves. And the courses come with, uh, New, new, or newer, or the original music, but new to the game. It's all music? new music. It, they, it they, okay. they, it's it's usually re-recorded versions of the music you would remember from those courses. Okay, uh, or some version of it. But that's intense. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously these are remade because there's like Super Nintendo courses in there, and those were not really built for this kind of thing back then. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was going to be my question because there were not in the first couple packs, right? It wasn't there were no Super Nintendo. I think there was a Super Nintendo one in the first wave. The one that really didn't get a lot of shine in this was the GameCube, uh, which, I mean, I'm not a big Double Dash fan, so I don't have, like, any real attachment to those courses, but I did think it was interesting that they really only put, like, maybe four of those in there. 
Is there uh, something weird mechanically in that game? That well, that was hard? the two-character one. Oh, okay. But I don't know how much of that really impacted the course design, or at mm. least in a way that would have made them hard to put in here, but they did put a few. I think my only real beef is that I just don't think Mario Kart Tour is very good, nor do I think any of the, the course, like the city-based courses in that game are very interesting, and there's a lot of them in this DLC, because it is the other going Mario Kart concern for them. Is the ghost house from the original mario kart in there which one because yeah. ghost remember, valley one because there's multiple ghost valleys remember oh ghost it must valley be ghost one. valley one that's the, the one i feel there like is I just... at least one super nintendo ghost valley in there i forget which one it is i okay. fucking I, I will never cop harder to this just being hey that's the mario kart i grew up with than yes. right now i just love ghost valley one because my neighbor had a super nintendo and we played each other on that track over and over. That's right. I'm saying, oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's the best. It's just the one I played. I, no, it's the Mario Kart Alpha Theory. You know, whatever your first Mario Kart was is the one that you will always hold on to the most dearly, whether it's the best or not. And look, it was that was our first Mario Kart. I still play that Super Nintendo one and enjoy myself, despite the many ways in which they have improved the series over the years. Uh... You know, look, I, I, all I'm trying to say here is I'm generally pretty happy with what they did, especially considering the price of the whole thing. So 25 bucks, but then if you have, the, is it called the expansion pass? Whatever the, the yeah. expensive version of the, the, the regular Nintendo subscription is. You can get it. It would come with that. But you were talking before the show, and you mentioned you don't actually keep it if you stop your subscription. No, it's like anything else that's part of that subscription. As soon as you stop paying them, you don't get that anymore. Okay. Yeah, for 25 bucks for all the courses, music, and characters, that yeah. seems like a pretty good... If you're still into Mario Kart, yeah, it feels like you can't go wrong with that booster. As far as I know, pass. it's still one of the most played Switch games, uh, and now you can do it with Funky Kong and Wiggler, which is what I the two new characters I have latched onto. Okay. that's oh, They're both heavy, right? No, they're like mid-heavy. Mid. Oh, are there tiers of heavy? Oh, definitely. They're more like a, you know, like a Roy Koopa or a, uh, 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 like a, a Waluigi versus like a Donkey Kong or a Bowser. Interesting. Okay. How There's a long, lot of gradation now. How, how populated is the multiplayer? Is it like, could you get in a match like instantly? I usually like well, the way they do is they dump you into a lobby. Uh, you can decide if you want regional or worldwide. Uh, but every time I have tried to play that game online, there is usually a minimum of eight people in a lobby. And I assume that's just like, and usually by the time we get one or two races down, more people have funneled in. So it it seems like people are still playing that online pretty regularly. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 6 is available now. That whole thing is $25. Go Nintendo Switch. Choo-choo. Uh, before we take our uh, break for the news, Alex, I do see that Proton Pack behind you. And uh -huh. you, I was going to ask you, did you go in on the PKE meter and trap? Oh, you mean the, the HasLab one? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. Do we, did you ever get the, the wand? Oh, I had the wand for a you while. Had the yeah. wand. The wand, okay. is, you can see it. It's attached to it, like I, by the hose there. Uh, it's cut off. I think it's cut off on my... Yeah, it's halfway uh, cut off. You can see the hose kind of going. Yes. Yeah. So you you went in on the trap and the PKE meter? You got yeah. it. The campaign, yeah. Good. I mean, I, I don't know when they're. I don't think that shit's shipping in for another year or so. But no, I just you got. That's it, right? Is there anything else that? Well, they see, could... uh, the fucked up thing is, I already owned a ghost trap and a PKE meter, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Uh huh. I'm gonna see what theirs looks like. It, also, the price was not that bad for that thing compared no. with those two things comparatively. 
Uh, good. I was I was uh, meant to ask you off air, and then it just reminded me here. It's like I I got to remind him it's up. I don't know how long that that thing that Look, campaign lasts. It's the most shameful fandom. I am unabashedly a sucker for. So I just if they make a cool thing that is the iconography of that thing, I will probably uh-huh. buy that thing. Very good. Very good. All don't right. Don't be like me. What's that? Don't, don't be, be like, like me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with some video game industry news. Stick around. We're back, and it is time for the news out there. And we mentioned or hinted at this a little bit before, but there's a new Steam Deck. Well, there's an upgraded Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big story here is that they're using, uh, according to my story, next generation heat dissipation material mm-hmm. to attach heat sinks right. to their CPU. That's ironically, I found that. Uh, I found that space age thermally conductive <laughs> material I was talking about. Ironically, I found it in a Reddit thread talking about people putting it on their Steam decks. Oh wow, that's mm. funny. Okay, so what's it? What's it, it called? <laughs> Uh, it's Honeywell PTM 7950. <laughs> that is definitely some dude made this in the lab and, uh, and Honeywell like, owns a yes. patent. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I've, I've heard the name Honeywell for years, but yeah. I've never really thought about exactly what they did. And like, uh-huh. you could have told me they were a defense contractor and I would have believed you. My, uh, father-in-law uh, was a mainframe programmer for Honeywell, I think, okay. um, back in the I, day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked them up. I mean, sure enough, they were in aerospace, they're in manufacturing, they're yeah. in I think space he, age materials what's that i feel like honeywell i see thermostats mm-hmm. is what i see honeywell sure. on these yes days. stuff's pretty cheap again honeywell ptm 7950 if anybody's brave enough super highly thermally conductive phase change material is how this is described That's wild. um uh well that brave is brave enough to put this on their steam deck or cpu let me know that is not what this Steam Deck story is about. Yeah. Brad, what is no. this Steam Although, Deck like, story you know, about? Like there's, yeah. There are things about it that are cooler and et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, Steam Deck OLED. Yes. Is what they have announced. I think that's literally what they're calling it. Yes. Um, you might be shocked to hear it now has an OLED screen. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I hate this deceptive marketing. This um this very very much this is like directly analogous to the switch to switch OLED transition. It's almost exactly the same thing. Uh, OLED going you know, from going from LCD to OLED screen. It's slightly bigger, just like on the switch OLED. This screen uh, can do ninety hertz now as opposed to sixty on the original Steam Deck. Okay. Um, Supports HDR. Like, that's pretty big. Uh yes. Uh, just like the switch to switch OLED, the the. The main chip, the SOC in this thing is just like slightly, slightly faster. Mm-hmm. Like there are things about the hardware that are faster, but not in a way that really matters. We're talking like two to five extra FPS in different spots kind of thing. Uh-huh. Bigger battery. Uh, between the bigger battery and the more efficient hardware, they are saying like what, 30 to 50% more battery life, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, 30 grams lighter. Oh, even with the battery? Uh, yes. Huh. Thanks to bigger fan and updated thermals, runs cooler, it weighs 5% lighter than the fucking... Okay. The, yeah. Oh, that's mostly due to the screen, they say. Anyway, nothing. it's just like a slightly better Steam Deck in just about every way. Also, it has Wi-Fi 6E instead of 5 now. Still fundamentally a Steam Deck, just slightly nicer. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the original price point stuff, but is is it taking over the original Steam Deck's price slots? The, the LCD is still going to be available at three ninety nine. 
starting because they have different. I can't tiers, remember. Right? It's, the, it's the 256, 256 gig LCD model is now three ninety nine. I think that might have been the five forty nine model before, but don't quote me on that. Okay. And now at five forty nine and six forty nine are the half a terabyte and one terabyte OLED models. Gotcha. Okay. Um, also, Alex, to your point earlier, you can totally upgrade the storage in your Steam Deck. Oh, I know. By the way. That's part of the reason why I'm not itching to go out and buy this new one. As much as the nice screen sounds great and everything, I'm perfectly happy to wait a couple of years for the actual next model if they're going to do one. If you wanted to maybe put four terabytes in your Steam Deck as well. (laughs) Uh, You know, next time one of those goes on sale, I might think about it. So I guess that's the other part of the story is, um, you know, uh, uh, this uh, Video Games Chronicle story, which I think is quoting from a Bloomberg story, which is that, this is not the next Steam Deck. This yeah, is no, this upgrade. is just a slightly nicer version of the original Steam Deck. Um, they're not even really putting a time frame on. I appreciate their honesty. I appreciate like people at Valve just say what they mean. <laughs> there's no there's no marketing stuff here. It's just literally it's just like hey we're keeping an eye on how mobile hardware is developing, like how sure. the type of hardware we need for a new, for a Steam Deck 2 is developing and like how much power it takes, what that would do to battery life, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're just straight up like, you know, hey, well, there will be a new Steam Deck when the hardware exists to make a, a better Steam Deck. Yeah, which I think uh, they, they just spitball next couple of years here. But, yes, you know, that, yeah, that Pierre, hardware is yeah. fast, fastly changing. Uh, I guess that's from a Verge interview that Pierre-Lou Griffet did with... Uh, mm with them i don't anticipate such a leap to be possible in the next couple of years but we're still closely monitoring innovations yeah and the thing is like so. the current steam deck there are certainly certain games that don't work super well on it but like for the vast majority of things you would want to play on the go which is what it is intended for it is still a pretty powerful little piece of hardware yeah and also cr- crucially those same games are going to run basically the same on this new mm-hmm. refresh, like just just barely, almost imperceptibly better, but not 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 a different experience. Yeah, I almost got one during the sale. I, I was it was in my cart for a long time there, and then I had mm-hmm. to buy something else, another game, and I took it out of the cart. Uh, almost got it, and this doesn't really push me over on getting one, but um, I don't know. Like even a newer model wouldn't push me over on getting one really this is probably more in line with what i want because i think my use case is mostly streaming games to it and not mm-hmm. uh, not running them locally on it so the nicer screen is nice the nicer battery is nice um the horsepower isn't necessarily the thing but um i just i keep thinking when i would use it like when like laying in bed using it or uh, like because i use the i use moonlight or and steam link a lot uh on tvs and um a lot of the games that I'm playing, I don't know if I don't know if I would use. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't. It's, it's still very expensive, you know. It's still like five hundred dollars plus to yes. get in there. That's that's exactly where I'm at as well. Yeah, most uh, of the games I would want to play on it, I would rather just play on a full size PC. Yeah, on a PC, right? Or like, or something that I need a mouse and keyboard to do. I don't think the Steam Deck is filling that niche for me. You know, not like at this it, time. No. With the touch controls and the way they yeah. implement controls. Um, but yeah, I'm so I'm glad they're selling. I'm glad they're moving forward. It, a lot of people love it, and it seems like a cool mm-hmm. piece of kit. So I'm glad that they're even talking about keeping this line going. Cause Valve also has a history of just making a thing and then <laughs> cutting yeah. it off. Yeah, at least that well, yeah. get a, a this is done well. Bucks. Yeah, this I mean, is done well for them. 
I think their hearts are always in the right place. They just haven't really found the success that would justify sticking with things long term. But like this finally has hit that market penetration that, you know, I, I would call the Steam Deck a legit phenomenon at this point. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think it's, you know, you have, what, who was it? AOG made the other uh, big Asus. Well, there, there's a bunch now. Like oh, the, this are. is becoming a whole ass thing now. Okay. Like there's the, the, the ROG ally from Asus. Um, oh, Asus. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's the Lenovo just shipped one like last week? Uh, the, the Lenovo Legion Go, I believe. I saw one. I stopped by PC World to hang out with Adam briefly last week and he had one. It's fucking huge. Yeah. Mm. The, the Lenovo one is gigantic. It's an 8.8 inch screen. Okay. Wow. It's very large. So it's like approaching iPad screen size. Yeah. Um, and there's also, there's a bunch of, um, God, I'm trying to think, uh, I forget the name, but there, there are ones coming out of Asia as well that aren't marketed as heavily here, but you can still order from different places. Okay. Like there's a ton of companies jumping on this like steam deck style of handheld. now. I mean, Sony's got their weird thing uh, to hook into oh, their the PlayStation. Yeah, that's just a streaming thing, though. But it's, you know, it's I think it's filling that same kind of weird. I mean, that's a local streaming thing, but it's still feeling that not in front of a TV, maybe yeah. in your bed or or um, uh, I again, like I don't I don't have a Steam Deck. Alex, have you used it in a way that you can talk to about battery life on the go or anything? Like, have you used yeah. it outside? Yeah. Does it hold up for a while? Pretty well, I'd say. Okay. You know, I mean, you can get at least a few hours of use of it at a time, okay. depending on how resource intensive the game is. Like, I played it for like three hours straight on a plane, and it definitely drained a lot of the battery, <laughs> but it was still running. So okay. I'd say that's, you know, within that's in line with my portable, you know, like console <laughs> slash PC experiences. Okay. Yeah. Talking, talk, I was talking to Will about his recently. He's got one as well. Like he said, that 40 hertz mode helps with battery life quite a bit on there as well. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that is the upgrade to the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. um, which is available in pre-orders now, right? Um, for sure some of them. I thought is. maybe for one of them I saw on Steam. You could pre-orders tomorrow, the 16th. I can't remember. If it's not now, then it's probably very soon, at least on yeah. one or two of them on the bigger model or the smaller model. I feel like I saw because I was almost going to add it to a cart somewhere. It is it is the 16th. I just checked. So the okay. day this podcast goes out publicly. Uh, Steam Deckin'. Uh, also in the news, we talked about it being November, which means it will soon be December, which means it will soon be the end of the year, at least the end of the calendar year. Which means people need to start making lists and putting things into little categories and voting on them. Uh, what I'm talking about is games of the year uh, and giving awards out to games. Mm-hmm. And the game awards, the, I guess, the let's say the, I was going to say the biggest, it probably is the biggest, right? The, the kind of. The game awards, yeah, they're the biggest going yeah, concern. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, Whether put I want them li- to be or not, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put out their list of nominees. Uh, I, I have a couple of questions here first before we get started with their nominees. Um, has the has the way the nomination process gone changed since I remember it, which was basically pe- they send out to outlets or they send out to people kind of? It's like critics. It is it is an August body of judges. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, I think it was, it was typically like one person per outlet, but also, you know, like individual people who they consider to be important also would be in there. And then the criteria, as I understood it, was you had to have had 
hands. It doesn't need to be released, but it had to be hands-on playable somewhere, right? Yes. Um, that was for the E3 awards. Oh, okay. Is that this, not, does this need full release? I think I it just, at, think the, at so. the very least, review sure. builds had to be out, and it had to be coming out before the end of, like, whatever the cutoff was, if okay. I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think, I, I I assume that you have to have been able to have played the whole thing start to finish. Yeah, because, you know, for a while there, there were still actual print magazines to send builds to. Now that's not really as much of a thing, so there those lead times, maybe not so much, but... I assume at some point, if, like, if you want to be in contention for this here, you have to get that build out in time for people to actually play it. I'm looking at their fact and seeing if they actually list the jury. They uh, used to. They do. They do. Yeah. Digital Trends, Easy Allies, Game Informer, Entertainment Weekly, Giant Bomb, GameSpot. Oh, interesting. Oh, they do it by outlet, not by... Polygon. It used to be they would just say who the actual judges were, but I guess maybe they don't do that now. Yeah, no, I mean, like some of these things, like Jeff's on here, IGN, mm-hmm. Inverse, MinMax, LA Times. Um, I just don't have Nextlander on here, so how can I? NPR is on here. <laughs> uh, how can I take it seriously? We're no NPR. I've always said that. <laughs> We're certainly no NPR. Anyway, the nominees... For they're best, just, they're just, they're, they are not they are not ready to hear how correct we are. No, <laughs> nobody is. Story um, of my life. Those are out there. Let's start with uh, Brad. Why don't you read off what they the the panel has chosen for at least their game of the year? Yeah, game of the year seems like the big one here. Not a lot of surprises here. I don't think there is one surprise omission. Omission that we'll get to. Okay. Alan Wake two. Uh huh. Baldur's Gate three. Marvel Spider Man two. Resident Evil four. Actually, that one's kind of surprising. Super Mario Brothers Wonder mm-hmm. and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom are the six Game of the Year nominees. I'd say most of those make sense to me. I may be slightly surprised by the one you mentioned. The RE4 remake? Yeah. That- like, it was a good remake. I just, I really, Game of the Year? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with you there. I mean, you know, if, they, if they have six slots to fill, that certainly seems like a, I'm looking here, I'm going to say... It feels like it's really between three games on here. To take it home? Personally, yeah. I'm going to guess Baldur's Gate 3. That, I don't know. Tears of the Kingdom, man. I wouldn't count that one out. I'd, I'd say, I think Alan, Alan Wake is the dark horse. Mm. I don't know that it's going to make it, although I would love it if it did, but I think it's definitely between Zelda and Baldur's Gate for this award. Yeah, Probably. I would if I had to bet. I would bet on Baldur's Gate. I that's where I would go. I mean, there's yes, there's probably a strong Tears of the Kingdom. I would say even Spider Man Two has a longer shot than Alan Wake, but I feel like Spider Man Two probably falls a little bit or suffers a little from like also ran. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, you know Spider Man. Hey, having, they made another one of these. Yeah, I mean it's a very good game, but yes. Um, yeah. What and was the, the what was the omission? Starfield, not oh. not in a not in the context of right now November. Yeah, but in the context of let's say somewhere in the March to July time frame. Sure. Yeah. If you had gone out there, if you'd gotten out of a time machine and said like, "Hey, Starfield's not going to be on the Game Awards nominees," like hardly at all. It's in one category, which I believe is best RPG. Well, I'm I'm gonna say uh, wait, uh, maybe it's not winning that one either. I don't want to mess this joke joke up, but. Are there two indie games on this list? Uh, two, well, two categories, yes. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, no, literally two indie in the games game on the, the, the game of the oh. year list. 
Oh, it's Baldur's um, Gate. What was the other one? Is Alan Wake? Are, are they not? Uh, yeah, Rem- Remedy is Alan Wake Two is technically an indie game. Yeah. They did sign a deal with Epic, but and, yes, they are sorry, still yeah. an independent going concern. Um, in, are you? I am. It's are true. you cheeky Vinny? I mean, that's me to the extent that independent games are made by studios or development teams that are independent. Uh-huh. Right. It absolutely is. Um, um, anyway, yeah, like Starfield is just in best RPG and it's with Baldur's Gate. So <laughs> go with God. But yeah, it just, it's just crazy. I'm not, and I'm not knocking Starfield by any means. It's no. just a, it's just the, the gulf between what people expected six months ago versus where it landed. You know, I'll say things that I think, I guess, I guess it makes sense. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Remnant two, I think, could be a strong contender for a, a game that of the year. Gods, that's on. That's on best action game. Okay, I think I think that had a you know that there's a shot there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I I looked up the the DLC came out. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a new world. Oh. I, th- I assumed it would be a whole fourth world. It's actually just like more new story content and areas in one of the existing worlds. Okay. So I'll probably still check it out, but anyway. Um, I'm trying to think what else came out this year. I'm looking through my list now. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm probably going to end up putting on my top 10 was not games that I figured would have made it into this spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Man, Pikmin 4, that was this year. I mean, Diablo wasn't that great. Jedi Survivor, Burning Shores. Uh, There's a lot of, like, decent stuff, but, like, the amount of things that, like, really grabbed me this year, I feel like, was not as high as I was hoping. Breakout 13 Fight? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's your game of the year right fucking there. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Games, all right. I'm going to name a game and you tell me if it falls. Maybe you guys can do a fine. Does it fall anywhere on this list? Did Forspoken make any list? That was a nope. January release, right? I'm going to say no. Nope. No, it did not. Uh, did Dead Space, the Dead Space remake, make any list? Uh, audio design. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would have guessed it would have probably made one or two of those like technical categories. Did Chia make any lists? Yes. Okay. It is on the Games for Impact list. Interesting. Okay. Still doing that category. All right. <laughs> Did Horizon uh, Forbidden West make any lists? That was last year. Oh, sorry, it was just Burning Shores was this year. Yeah. Or Call of, Call of, oh, yeah, Burning Shores, the DLC. Also, Call of the Mountain is here for best VR game. Okay. Uh, Jedi Survivor? Um, best action adventure game, and also Cameron Monaghan for best performance. Interesting. Okay. okay. Which, uh, I, best performance, I kind of want to read out. Sure, go for it. Uh, Please ben, do. Ben, Ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16, who I quite liked in that game. Also, shout out to him for wearing that Final Fantasy 8 t-shirt mm-hmm. recently on whatever he was on. <laughs> A true king. Uh, Cameron Monaghan, Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba from the Cyberpunk DLC, Melanie Libbard from Alan Wake 2, Yuri Lowenthal in Spider-Man 2, and Neil Newbin as Astarian in Baldur's Gate 3, which... If he does not completely run away with that category, then I feel I have completely lost touch with the culture. He's definitely got the momentum behind him. I, uh, I saw. Uh, I saw. I saw. He had to 
he 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 sold like autographs and stuff on his website. He had to like disable his store. Wow, because <laughs> he could not keep up with the demand for the number of like autographed things he was selling. Huh. Like Asterion's been a man in my party, but mostly because he's really good at stabbing dudes. Anything else here that stuck out? A best mm. adaptation is that a new category? I don't know. I don't remember that category from before. That has that's a good question. I don't remember that either. It's like it's like film and and television. Yeah, adaptations of games. That's got Super Mario Brothers movie, The Last of Us, Gran Turismo, Castlevania Nocturne, and Twisted Metal. Hmm. Okay, so this is adapting from a video game. Yes, and I'm going to say this is goes to The Last of Us, right? Like this is this feels probably. like it was invented to give an <laughs> award to The Last of Us. Now that you mention that. it, yeah, sure, okay. Look, yeah. I'm not trying to get conspiratorial here. Do whatever the fuck you want with your awards. I'm just saying, considering the number of times that Troy Baker and also Neil Druckmann have appeared on stage recently with Jeff Keighley, it would not surprise me if he was looking for an excuse to give a statue to his good buds here. Uh, well, hey, if we're, if we're condemning people for, for backing into categories around things they want to give awards to, there is we no condemnation also, here. Oh, we are we are guilty as charged. I'm, this I'm, is, more, I'm more saying like gimmick infringement. Like this is a yeah. like you're just you're stealing our. Hey, this is what we, this is what we do. This pot will not call the kettle black. I understand why you are doing this. I am just saying. Just I'm saying. also gonna say that this year's fighting game category also feels like a way to recognize Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and less a way to recognize Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, Pocket Bravery, and God of Rock. Though I have you said. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, too. Might be all right, but all right. I will say that category was... I mean, look, they always do a fighting game category, but I would say they were probably anticipating that category being a little stronger with Tekken coming out originally mm. this year, which it no longer is. Here's one. Best RPG. Stuff in here. Baldur's Gate. Uh -huh. Final Fantasy. Yes. Sea of Stars. Okay. Lies of P? Yeah, I don't know. Starfield? I see Starfield more maybe than of than Lies of P. Yeah, Lies of P, I'm gonna say citation needed. <laughs> yeah. Um Action. That's, adventure a, that's game? an RPG the way Zelda is still an RPG. Like sure. I don't know about that. Um Yeah, you spend points in it. Uh yeah, a lot of these other categories seem totally solid. Like, yeah, inoffensive. There's a lot of esports categories. It's a whole world not for me, so I refuse to even comment on it. I don't, I don't know if they've always done most anticipated game, but I guess I'll read those just to kind of get a sense of what we should think about next year. Sure. Yeah, what are, what am I meant to be excited about? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Okay, checks out. Yeah. Hades two. Checks yeah. out. Uh, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Sure. Yeah. Star Wars Outlaws. Okay. Sure. Tekken 8. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those all, those all sound like video games. I am definitely anticipating a Tekken 8. I will say that. Mm. Uh, look at all these esports. Who's your favorite esports coach? Is it. Wait, they're doing coach? Is it Danny Sonic Sorensen from Team Falcons, the Counter Strike? Yep. Is that Nailed it. Okay. One. I, I, I know you guys. We've worked together for like 20 years. How could. How could what was your best esports event? Is it the Valorant? champions i don't i don't know dota there, there was there was a hot five seconds that i considered going to the international this year 
Uh, what stopped you? The five seconds ran out. <laughs> okay. It's fair. It's seconds, seconds. I mean, I would six. love to go. Like, I would not, like, don't get me wrong. I yeah, would yeah, love yeah. to go to another international. It's just my, my Dota crew has not been together for some time. So mm. it would not be the big social event that it used to be. Fair. And hard to get away these days. Okay. I've got another question here. Mm-hmm. Only one. Their, their category is best sports slash racing. Yeah. So EA Sports FC 24, which one is that? EA Sports FIFA. Yeah, that's their fa- that's it's, their it's new what, FIFA. Okay, what would have would have been FIFA? That's not funny car racing. No, God, okay. I wish it Definitely was, but not. no. Uh, F1 23, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed, to Turbocharged, The Crew, Motorfest, um, that Gran Turismo VR. Is that? This year? And, I mean, it exists, yes. Yeah, that, that came out alongside PSVR 2. That did, okay. That's just a mode, though, for it's the existing game. And then Gran Turismo came out last year, right? Yes, uh, that was the last year I, game. I believe that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah, Game Awards. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my money on Baldur's Gate for to take it home. I yeah. think you might be right. I just still think Zelda can't be discounted just yet. I, it could absolutely. It could be Zelda. Best community support. Interesting. Um, no Man's Sky is still on that list. I feel like best ongoing game, best community support, those are interesting ones. Those could have... Best ongoing <laughs> game has Apex Legends, Cyberpunk, which is interesting. Final Fantasy, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Like, no, no offense to Final Fantasy fourteen. I know it has diehard fans, but I feel like No Man's Sky is like best community support of all time at this point. Yeah, it's really like up the there. Amount, like the amount of stuff they have put out for free for that game in the last six, seven years is completely mind-boggling. Uh, their best independent game, which I we talked about previously, which is a weird thing to call it, Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. Best debut yeah. indie game. Oh, is that like, man, that's best like new IP, original IP, right? I guess. Or it might be first game from studio. Hmm. Pizza Tower. Man, Pizza Viewfinder Tower. is a good game. Viewfinder is quite good. Yeah, very good. All right. Those are the game awards. When, uh, um, when are the, what, December 7th? A couple weeks, right? Okay. Looks like December 7th. At yeah, I'm not the- that far off. Evening, at least here on the East Coast. You can check still, out their FAC on their site. Still curious to see if um, that's where the GTA 6 trailer debuts. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That really does feel like what's happening there. Man, I can't believe we talked about that last week. It was like yesterday. Yeah. Um, Some weird thing about like the Game Awards is like a mini E3 in December now. Yeah, right. In terms of like, hey, a bunch of stuff's going to get announced. Is that Star Wars Outlaws Outlaws game have a date, or is that just? A year? I don't remember if it had a date or not. I'm not w- sure that it does. That Wolverine game, just I, that, just 2024, 2024 for Outlaws. Game, yeah. I like my my interest in that game went up quite a bit after that demo they showed. Hmm. All right, uh, that is the game. More sorry, I'm looking through all these games now and being like, it was a pretty good year. It was a good year of games. Yeah. Um, it's not over yet. Uh, that's, uh, game of the year. It was a pretty good year for video games. If you're a consumer playing video games, 
Yes. Maybe not as great a year if you worked in the video game industry or... I'm going to say it's an all-time bad one in that (laughs) regard. fucking rough year. Brad, what's our next story layoffs. Like, there's like... 505 is laying off like 30% of its workforce or something. I think I saw. Good God. Um, there were a couple others. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's just constant at this point. Jesus. Um, let's see some news out of an earnings call for Sony about their big, broad live service initiative, which they brought Bungie in to help steward. Mm-hmm. Um, they had said they had a dozen live service games in development that let me make sure I've got this right. They were going to get all 12 live service games out by, by the end of fiscal year 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, half of those have now been delayed past that. So on the one hand, and this is again, was straight out of an earnings call. Um, on the one hand, like half their live service games getting pushed doesn't sound great for their confidence in live service games. On the other mm-hmm. hand, that's still six new live service games coming out in the next like three years. Oh. Two, two, okay. Three years. We're gonna, so, well, it's still a lot. We're going to talk a bit about live service service stuff in this story in the next. What, what is exactly by your guys' definition, a live service game? Like what, what, what is destiny? What, any, anything, anything that gets regular content updates and is designed to regularly monetize players as they engage with those updates. A thing that pulls you in on a regular basis, whether you are done with their quote unquote story content or not. Yeah. I mean, you can like, you can quibble about particulars, you know, like, does it need a battle pass? Does it need seasons? Like most of them have that at this point, but really anything that, anything that keeps people paying yeah. month to month or, or on a regular basis. So, like, stuff with season passes, we're not counting live service, right? Like, so not a battle pass, like a season pass content. Like, if you... Uh, you mean you mean more like a DLC pass? Yeah, like, you, hey, you're no, going to no, get three, three chunks no. of content. Stuff, yeah, no, no. Not, stuff well, like, if, it's, if it's an online game that might then continue out past that, then possibly. But if it's like a, it's like a story game where it's like, hey, we're going to do two DLC packs and you'll get them both. That, that, not that's that. not the same thing. And then, um, like... You could see the pathway, but Remnant Two, not live service, because it's not oh, selling you it's, right. That's an that's an interesting game that is like made in the mold of a live service game, but is not actually one. Right, Diablo now live service game, extremely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all of the kind of Apex and shoot online uh, oh, extraction yes. shooters, all live service. Um, I just feel like live service covers a lot of things now. Warzone live service, even though it's free it's still live service, right? It's like, we're all in that stuff. Um, do you feel like Sony is going to try and inject live service into their marquee games? I don't know. Um, I think the only thing we knew with any specificity was that last of us online game, which sounds like it is now we talked about recently is like on ice, essentially, if not dead, then at least definitely in, in troubled state. Um, you know, they, they were, the, the word was that after they brought Bungie in, they did kind of a, a intensive review of all their life service projects. Mm-hmm. And some stuff may have been victim of that. Well, and let's also uh, not forget Jim Ryan now gone. So Yes. Yeah, I didn't follow up on this. I saw some people saying he was a big champion of life service stuff. He was. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, are you asking, like, does Wolverine have life service hooks? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, I, I hope not. I, I, guess what, uh, I guess what I'm really getting at is, like, you know 
we represent a part and the people who listen to this show represent i'm gonna say i'm just gonna walk out on a limb here mm-hmm. represent maybe uh people who have been in games for a while right like we have followed games for a while a lot of us have been pre live service pre that monetization model mm-hmm. and i feel like what i get the sense of if people are just sick of that model at this point yes. it's, it's oh yeah of, deeply it's, it's yeah. overdone in a way that even saying you're gonna have 12 even saying you're gonna have six makes me kind of be like ugh, like come on like i could we not there's i don't know if there's I think we're saturated. I think there's there's not enough room in the marketplace, or the tide is turning on this model. Like we, kind of people, it's too much. Like well, you, I feel yeah, like I feel could, like the bigger thing is that it's not that the model itself is inherently bad or anything like that. It's that very few of the developers who have gone in this direction seemingly have done it uh, voluntarily and not at the behest of whatever company is funding what they're making. But also, very few developers have made games that were actually compelling enough to justify wanting to keep returning to a live service mm. over and over and over again. Like, there are some, but, like, you know, considering the number of corpses we are now seeing littered around that space, yeah. I feel like what is what is actually is, is that they believe there was a demand there that was actually specific to the games that were good and not a larger industry trend. Yeah, like... <sighs> Like loot boxes, I feel like were pre live service, but somehow feel like they are inherent in a live service model, right? Like, yeah. loop, like the idea that you stick with this game, you will get constant updates in these blind boxes, these loot boxes, and then it all somehow fell under this live services umbrella. And then that became the buzzword where everybody felt like they needed to have a live service game. Yes. Um, I feel like my closer my feeling on live service is if I put my PlayStation Five to sleep when I go to wake it up, has it logged me out of something? Mm-hmm. And that means I'm probably playing some kind of live service thing. Though that happens in Elder Scrolls as well, or sorry, um, Elden Ring and stuff like that. And I would not call Elden Ring a live service game. No, um, I, I I just went and pulled a list of everything Sony's got announced and unreleased so far. <clears throat> is um, it a big list? Yeah, there's like eight. 10 games. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Helldivers 2 could be one that they might be looking to turn into some kind of live service thing. I mean, the first game was extremely small in scope, yeah. but this one is moving to a third-person shooter I could see it. format. So I could definitely see that being one on that list. Death Stranding 2, maybe? <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. I could see it only because it's, it's so like, weird. Like... Like, if Kojima wants to do some commentary on live service games, then bring it on. I would love to see what he would do with that. I mean, that game was already connected in a way that you just have to plug the monetization model in somewhere. Like, I don't know, maybe you're buying... If you were to buy cosmetic stuff in it, it could be some kind of yeah thing. Uh, I, I It didn't even occur to me Marathon has to be one of those, because mm. Bungie, Bungie is technically now part of Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I see on here right now that really seems like a candidate. Like easily t- like t- to monetize that way. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like that term is, is causing and maybe rightfully so is causing initial flinches from a lot of the community. Now when that term gets thrown around in a way that I don't think these developers and publishers realize, 
that is making people flinch when they hear live service now. Yeah, that that fatigue has been building for, I think anybody paying attention can tell you that that fatigue has been building for, like, evidently for quite a while now. Yeah. I think Diablo Um, really, like, you saw a lot of it spill over with Diablo because of the way that, A, the reception of Diablo, and B, just the amount of things that were packed in there in a live service way. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Uh, But Brad, we have another live service story game here. Uh, real quick, there's a couple of fair games is one that I had forgotten about. Fair game dollar sign. Oh, wait, is that still going? I thought that got canceled. Uh, That's the extraction shooter one, right? No. The, it's not the loot one where you, no, you the, go the in. The competitive like, heist experience is what this. Oh. No, that's um, hyenas. Hyenas. Uh, that was the one announced. that got canceled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair games just got announced. Oh, that was that was part of Sony's like not E3 stream. Uh, so that's probably one of them as well. Yep. Lost Soul aside, anybody remember what that is? That nope. sounds like that could be a live service game. I truly nope. don't remember what that is. Anyway, uh, you know who loves live service games? Who that? David Zaslav. Oh my god. Who is David Zaslav? Head of for Alex. those who don't know. You want to help us out? What is he head of exactly? He was the guy in charge of Discovery when they merged right. with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. He's head of head of Warner Brothers Discovery. Yes. Right. He is the guy who has become the thorn in the side of anyone who likes movies or TV or HBO or any of the things he now controls. I think isn't isn't he like far and away the highest paid executive in Hollywood? I think I didn't I see he made like somewhere close to half a billion dollars in compensation. I mean, a big part of that year. was probably like bonuses he got as part of facilitating the, the yeah. merge and all that sure. stuff. Um, it's just, it's just such a, <laughs> such a quote unquote hilarious contrast. Like the highest paid guy is also the guy you see constantly fucking everything up the most. Yeah. He's, he's a dipshit. Um, and I mean, it's not surprising that he's a dipshit considering most of the stuff that he was at the spearhead of making at Discovery was the stuff that made all those networks considerably dumber. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I say this as someone who watches a lot of ghost television shows. I think he might be directly responsible for the Travel Channel being nothing but ghost shows for <laughs> a while there. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The bigger thing is that uh, every day he is in charge of Warner Brothers, they get closer to someone else just buying Warner Brothers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's He has presided over this era of them delisting stuff off of their services, like delisting movies and TV shows for tax write-offs. Or even canceling stuff that's done before that's, it actually comes out. Yeah, so what was the first one? The first one was uh, the Batwoman Bat, movie. Bat, Batwoman. Or was it Batgirl? I thought it was, ba- it could be Batgirl, but yeah, it was, it's, Bat- it was, it was the yeah, Bat movie. Yeah. Batgirl that happened too. And you hoped that was a one-off, but then that happened to that coyote versus acne movie recently that sounded kind of rad. Yes. And I think people are starting to get very angry now. Well, it's Can you fucking are- imagine going through the entire process of making a movie and finishing it only to find out that nobody will ever see it. Yeah. And so the thing is people are already angry. But now what's happened is that, like, they said coming into this year they were going to stop doing that. They didn't, obviously. Um, And so all the filmmakers that worked on that Coyote vs. Acme movie, like, started posting and being like, well, cool, here's all this behind-the-scenes stuff that I worked on. Here's this music Mm -hmm. I made. Guess no one will ever get to see it. Fuck those guys. 
And it made enough of a stink that uh, a bu- what it sounds like happened is a bunch of creatives that had meetings with Warner Brothers about future projects, like, canceled and said, yeah. we're not going to do that. And now they are backtracking and saying, well, well we're not going to put it out, but uh, if you want to find another distributor. Another distributor for a fucking Looney Tunes uh. movie. A non-Warner <laughs> Brothers company putting out a Looney Tunes movie. <sighs> That is so not weird. fumbling the bag. That is setting the bag on fire in the middle of the street. You know, I'll I'll do this guy's job for like a hundredth of what he gets paid. No, There's no way yourself. you could do it worse than he Somebody is. Somebody call me. Don't sell yourself short. You know, let's take like 50%. 50%. Um, anyway. Why are we talking about this asshole? Uh, the job listing for Monolith has gone up. That makes it seem like the Wonder Woman movie. I mean, game rather Wonder Woman game that they're working on could be a live service game. A mm. uh, bunch of qualifications and nice to haves in the job listing that talk about live software product or game, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, but I had missed this. Apparently, this is off the heels of. He said recently during an earnings call that he's super big on, like, I'm looking for the quote here. Basically, like, he rattled off Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, DC, which is mainly Batman today, (laughs) which I find to be an amusing statement, and Mortal Kombat. Uh, Our focus is transforming our biggest franchises from uh, largely console and PC-based with three to four-year release schedules to include more always-on gameplay through live services. Uh-huh. Multi-platform and free-to-play extensions. I don't think he got the memo. <laughs> I know, but again, he's not a creative. He's not a particularly good CEO. He's just a money extraction guy. That is his entire okay. thing, is just finding the ways to game the system so that they can extract the maximum amount of capital from anything they are doing and literally, you know, even if that means putting a thing you spent $30 million on on the shelf so you can take back a bunch of fucking, you know, tax money, they'll do that. And so it's not surprising to me that at some point someone showed him a spreadsheet that said live service equals money. Yeah. And he just never got off that thought. I think literally, Brad, the, the follow up paragraph on that quote is ultimately, ultimately, we want to drive engagement and monetization of longer cycles at higher levels. We are currently under scale and see significant opportunity to generate greater post-purchase revenue, which is exactly what you just said, Alex. Uh, Shit reads like stereo instructions, man. What the but fuck? But also, also stereo instructions from 2017. Yeah. yeah like, I, dude, fucking get with the times. I, I think he's missing the part, too, where when you go live service and then everybody walks away, you're left with no return on that thing, right? Like, you you put all this investment in for this long tail and then it really replies on having or um, relies on having a, a, a base there to, to keep going. But it's, you get this snowball effect, right? Of like, Oh, as soon as there are fewer people on there, people stop playing cause there's fewer people on there and then they stop playing. You know, it, we've seen it. Like you said, Alex, it's littered with the corpses of online games that just didn't hit critical mass or, or petered out. Yeah. And uh, you know, how many stories have we had in the last, I feel like there's been a ramp up in the last year of, Hey, these services are turning off right yeah. from games from three years ago. So just, I don't know, like I, none of this is surprising to me, but also like I, if you told me that he has no idea what the entire video game division at WB actually does and just saw a line item and said, mortal Kombat made money. Yeah. I would believe that. I mean, that would definitely explain how he doesn't seem to remember that his own company's release Suicide Squad 
got such a backlash when it was right. revealed as life service game that they straight up delayed it. Considering what they've gone through with Suicide Squad stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if you had a mandate of never show me a Suicide Squad thing again. A new Suicide Squad thing just came out today. I know. No live service stuff in it. No. Hmm. Seems like they have dialed that shit way back. Or no, at least on the presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Uh, we'll see. Just wait. We'll see. Uh, so live service stuff. Uh, leave a comment in the uh, like and subscribe. Leave a comment below what you think about uh, live service. God damn you on this day, Vinny Carvello. <laughs> do you guys do, hey you like live service games leave a comment below not anymore uh, <laughs> um let me know what you're playing uh yeah yeah i was reading uh i was reading some comments from the new suicide squad promotional video that came out and a lot of them were just really ragging on the term live service and and what that Again, what that term could mean and, and you know, just that model. I'm not saying um, the well is entirely poison, but it feels like there needs to be a long pause on this sort of thing being marketed before anyone will care again. I, I just get the feeling that when publishers see it, they see, or sorry, what they want, what publishers want the consumer to see is you're going to extend the life of this game with amazing content and upgrades over the course of time. Mm -hmm. And I think what people playing games kind of see it as is you're trying to extract me like some fucking oil reserve uh for as long as you can right like Correct. i think and i i don't think they're like we're gonna get awesome content they see they see it as like i'm some kind of money a bank you're just going to be taking money out of for as long as you can oh uh, yeah and i think that perception feels like it really changed in the last couple of years uh things that also apparently have changed in the last couple of years you guys remember the witcher three heard of it do you remember that uh, uh cd project as uh, cd project red cd project red is working on the remake of the witcher uh one and also working on the witcher four yes I forgot, about that. I forgot that remake i'm accessing the memory banks and i do remember <laughs> something along those lines yes well the witcher three you know that very popular game wild hunt that came out in 2016 is finally getting official mod 2015, support 2015 vinny please it's 2015 okay i thought it was I thought it was 2016. Right. Is that 2015? It was, it was 15. It was 15, yeah. Good. Good on you. Well, it's getting mod support, Alex. Oh, finally. So people have been making mods on the PC, but you basically you do it for existing stuff that's in the game, right? You, right. You modify existing stuff. This is actual mod tools they're looking to release, and the, the details are still kind of sparse here, but they're looking to make it so that you can add content to the game, like basically kind of old school kind of mod tools that used to come with video games to create your own um gosh I, it's like my brain forgot the right terminology it's not dlc it's mm -hmm. a, not expansion packs you basically make mods for the game i just feel like yeah. that doesn't work anymore make um, your own total conversion there you mm, go there you go uh how they will kind of regulate this or you know what the uh, mod editor for the game is uh is still unclear at this point but uh, according to their official uh, tweet here, it says you will be able to create your own experience in the game by making something completely new or editing quests and content. Okay. And they say they're releasing it for free in 2024. So how long until someone creates a boss fight with a monster or a wraith or whatever that has the voice of Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, please. Please. That's, that's done already. That's already out there. Okay. Still the best, still the best mod in history. Agreed. That's uh, how long until like Henry Cavill is, you know, just completely <laughs> replaces. I mean, that's probably out there too. 
I mean, all the stuff. voice conversion. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's cool. I don't know. That's a weird thing for a very old game that is going on near 10 years, right? That's a weird thing to put out now. I like um I like the I like the Polygon headline about this news. The Witcher Three mod editor coming in twenty twenty four, fortifying the game's legacy. What like, does that mean? That's that's a cool way to look at it. You know, yeah. like it gives the give it gives the game. I mean, it's already eight years old, but that gives that game a life well well beyond mm. its normal lifespan. If people can make their own stuff for it, I mean the the crazier thing to me though is the CD project is moving on from their own technology. Like they're moving to Unreal Engine for everything. Now, like they're in the process, like Cyberpunk was their last game on their in-house engine. Right. So it's kind of a lot of work probably to put into something that they won't necessarily be able to carry over. So I guess that future projects, but it's, but it's awesome. They're doing this. Like this is a, this is a good, just love letter to fans, I guess. Yeah. Now you can finally turn Roach into a Toyota Supra. (laughs) Optimus Prime. Now you can, now you can make Roach fly like he always wanted to. Yes. So does that mean that? That Witcher One remake was it's probably going to be on Unreal. That I don't know. You be fine. Actually, um, I know they had said like uh, the next Cyberpunk would be on Unreal. Mm. Yeah, that Witcher remake is Unreal as well. Actually, <laughs> wait a second. I can't tell if this is real or not. But in this Polygon story that I'm reading, linked into this Witcher One thing. It says earned upgrades for Gerald, which <laughs> just yeah, Gerald, <laughs> Gerald, my favorite Witcher, noted Witcher just protagonist Gerald mod, Ford, mod mod that just makes Gerald's name Gerald across the entire game. <laughs> Gerald, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm turning into a werewolf. Oh man. Okay, total conversion mod. It's Gerald Ford's voice in 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 Geralt. Um. Uh, uh, anyway, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's that, again cool thing. I did not realize until I read the story that there's a uh, si- there are a bunch of cyberpunk mod tools. So maybe there's maybe they're kind of able to port some of that work over. Yeah, into that's this as well. that's possible. Uh, cyberpunk. That is the news. Again, that's 2024. They say and free for those Witcher mods. Uh, Steam Deck Game of the Year stuff. Um, the lo- live service, whatever that. It's happening and that's quicksand pit and then witcher mods coming in 2024 that's it for the news we have an email address it is podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com brett shoemaker do we have any emails this week let's do a couple here real quick sean from central new jersey okay i love it um if only one of these could get a sequel which would you prefer a oh starfield 2 or an outer worlds 2 one so of Outer Worlds is Two announced, is, right? yes, Outer Worlds Two is in fact happening, so we don't have to wish on that one. Um, I would but, go Starfield Two. Would you? I actually think I would say Outer Worlds. I didn't play. I, I didn't play Outer Worlds much. I played. I played a bunch of it, but I think I stopped right before the point where everybody started feeling like it got pretty tedious. Mm. I got to what was that planet called? Monarch, I think, is the big planet you get to where it kind of seemed like people burned out on it. Okay, I don't. I, I think there was more potential in Outer Worlds, maybe, than Starfield. Or, more to the point, the potential that's in Starfield is not going to be realized because they would have to rebuild too much technology. I think, yeah, and I think, the, like, I didn't love Outer Worlds' sense of humor and personality, but at least it had one. 
Yes. And I think that's something yes. I could see developed into something better. Whereas Starfield, it's just, I mean, like I, I, I'm, what I'm about to say is too harsh for what that game actually is, but it's a little soulless. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no a little. Harsh. Yeah. I mean, the real answer here is Outer Wilds too. Well, um, yes. Whole new, yeah. well, that's a pretty hard one to do a sequel to, but, uh, yeah. Different you know, solar system, what, different calamity. I'll play whatever that studio puts out next, but. I assume it'll be fairly different. Um, got another one? Um, yes. Give me one second to apply some Gmail labels here. Okay. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Got to make sure I don't read these emails twice. Yeah. Red. Ben in Sweden. I think I have an explanation for Vinny's neighbor's deer leg. Oh, this is mentioned on the Ramblecast? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a deer leg that was, was mysterious. Neighbor, yeah. It neighbor, was a four leg. I, sh- I should be I should be very oh, clear. It was, it was not a haunch. It was not the haunch. It was just the foreleg uh, okay. of the deer. Was it whole? Should I ask? Was there um, a hoof? It was a hoof, yeah. It was there, was there's... or maybe a nicer way to ask, was it skeletal or no, not? No, no, no. It was it okay. was still there was still meat on that bone. Okay. okay. Uh, and that was in the neighbor's yard, right? It was in the neighbor's yard, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ben says, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have a clue about this, but then I met my partner. After dating for some time, she asked me if I wanted to go out tracking with her and her dogs. Okay. Of course, I said yes. We had just started dating. Uh, she then proceeded to take out half a liter of pig's blood and a deer foreleg. Okay. So what you do is you go to the woods, have a drip bottle with blood in one hand, and then the other you hold a string with a deer leg at the end. You then walk for 200 to 400 meters, dripping blood and dragging the deer leg behind you, leaving blood and deer scent. Uh Uh-huh. At the finish, you hang up the deer leg and wait 12 to 24 hours, uh, and you can teach your dog to track animals, usually wounded animals. Uh, The leg is the finish line for the dog, and you give the leg to the dog to play with. Oh, a little treat. Uh, this is okay. This is, I'm not sure how to take this. This is both done for hunting purposes and as a way to activate your dog. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes during the waiting period, other animals like foxes can steal the leg and then they wind up anywhere. Hmm. I now live with my partner in a house and we have deer legs and blood in our freezer. Oh my. Um, so it's for, I guess it's for teaching dogs. I'm just, I have not been able to get past the phrase, activate your activate dog. Activate your dog. My dog's been activated. Um, I, okay. I'll take that one. I'll put that in the old, uh, the old noggin here. And the, uh, think, uh, you, could, is anybody in suburban New Jersey teaching their dog tracking? You never know. It's suburban, suburbs A are just a weird place. New Jersey is also a weird place. Could, could be, could be. I don't know if somebody's dragging or putting the the haunch or the the leg on a rope in the like very small like one foot by one foot patch of wooded area we have around here but could be i could be hey look is that better than a a deer that died in in somewhere and got its leg chewed off somewhere maybe maybe that's better i don't know i don't i what do i know i i ain't no hunter i ain't teaching my dog to track i don't know this world but if you're telling me what I need to do is go ask my neighbor for that leg and then get some kind of animal blood and teach my dog to track, 
Let me get back to you. Yes, you do. Could, I, could come in handy. <laughs> Let me get back to you. Can you the, teach your dog to track? And can I? Can I? Yeah, <laughs> mud. Can I spill? Can I spill like pig's blood on the floor and put my keys on a on a rope mm. and like? I was. I thought you were going to say like, can you? Can you drip marinara around and have the dog track to pizza or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. They're like, it's really my keys, maybe my phone. Like, uh, go get them. <laughs> go, go get those keys. Where are they? That's no, really don't swallow. Don't swallow. The- oh, god oh, damn it. Oh, we got, I got to wait at least six to eight hours to get my oh, keys boy. back. I'm All right, sorry. falling around with a plastic bag. <laughs> don't worry. I had a fob on there. I just got to wave the dog in front of the lock. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Good. Did, thanks for did, thanks for the email. Uh, did, you, did, you, did you ever find what was the ultimate fate of the leg? Do you know? Uh, trash bag, probably. Okay. Probably. And, and once again, uh, bless the sanitation workers who just take that bag and make it disappear. Right. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for the emails. Yes. All right, folks. I have some exciting news. Uh, we are ending um, our. Uh, we are closing a window on one portion of the Watchcast, the SAG AFTRA strike portion of the the Watchcast, uh, where we watched a bunch of really interesting movies that were outside of the struck work. Uh, Alex, thank you for navigating and kind of being uh, uh, the leader through all Did of my the, best. <laughs> those waters. But we are nearing the end of that portion of the Watchcast, mm-hmm. which is going to end with Miami Connection. Um, <laughs> I was going to jam those ninja movies in there somewhere, found a place. So, uh, And uh, uh, up next week will be uh, New York Ninja, and you can mm-hmm. see where that ranks on the list. Of movies we've watched, because it does. Well, you rank can't see, on but you list. can hear it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can hear. You'll it. find out. Uh, and then uh, we've got uh, Miami Connection. And then Alex, are we going back to Twin Peaks? As long as that's what you guys want, hell yeah, let's oh do it. Oh my gosh, Twin Peaks season two. I'm ready. I gotta know. Someone did the math, and apparently oh. by like a four day window, it is basically the exact amount of time between seasons that the people who watch season one to season two had to go through stop it that's, that's, yes that's pretty wild that's, that's not true stop it is it. i think really we're yeah, really like three months or something okay. and that's, that's about fun. how long it's been let's never do that again <laughs> that's, that's have a, a sag after strike no like try to real world play out the time between its seasons and stuff well like no that. we can't because the next movie would be a year and then the next <laughs> series would be 25 years after that so Long absolutely not i'll see you guys uh, yeah. uh i don't have that kind of time man I, we're gonna do this like shit really like, we'll take a break watch, after season two but we're doing watch, that shit really want to watch twin peaks the return in 2048 <laughs> Think about I, this hard. If we can, if we can, look, uh, we'll get together. I'll be in my 60s, I guess. That'll be fun. We're not doing that. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll get to some um, uh, Twin Peaks come December. So please come join us for that. But before we get to that, we still have to get through New York Ninja uh, next week on Monday and then Miami Connection the week after that. Uh, so check those out. And if you haven't, go check out that entire back catalog. And also... If you're just joining us or catching up, go catch up on Twin Peaks season one. Uh, because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be rolling into season two. That was just like a soon. month of the podcast. It's like four episodes. It's fine. I'm really you can excited. get through those. I'm excited for that, and I want to get back to Star Trek at some point because I actually want to. I want to get some Star Trek season two. At some it's point. always there waiting for us. Guess so. Guess so. Been a lot of interviews recently with uh, um, 
Picard. Uh, uh, or Patrick geez, Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I guess he had a book or something. He must, he must have been doing some publicity for something. Uh, the man so is in his eighties. He is definitely yeah. going through his, okay, I'm doing all my late career stuff now. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. he's up there. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to hear that. I've, I've but heard doing a lot well. Of, so happy to see it. A lot of interviews, like back to back interviews, the same stories told very entertainingly about his getting cast on where he came from and getting he's cast. a real charmer. I gotta yeah. say. Yeah. And like, you know, basically I think Brad, maybe you've mentioned this before, Alex, looking at that stuff as kind of like, I'm, I'm a kind of real actor. I'm a classically like trained actor. Real theater. Yeah, no, like, he was literally a Shakespearean actor yeah. before he got hired for that. Yeah. Uh, and kind of looking at Star Trek, I was like, I think he said somebody told him, get paid. Go get, go do it. It's going to get canceled in the, like, a couple of months, go get some money, go to Hollywood, go get some money, and then, you know, then decide what you're going to do after. And, yeah. I, but by all accounts, he took it extremely seriously, and I don't just mean the performance he put into it, although he did some incredible acting on that show, but... What I've read is that he's always been very protective of it in the sense that like, like, Hey, fans care very mm. deeply about this, about this material, you know, like this actually means a lot to a lot of people. Like it's not a joke. Yes. He is. He is very much of like, yes, he understands and kind of recounts a lot of stories of, you know, people coming up to him being like, this changed my life and, and takes them with the right amount of gravity, I think, you know, for not just goofing on it. Not, not telling, like being like, ah, oh, those fans are bananas, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, seems as like opposed to, guy. God, I wish I could remember, is it Trekkies or it's something that George Takei sat for an interview for that was talking about Star Trek and it was like a big montage of people in crazy costumes and doing all kinds of wild shit for Star Trek and it just cuts to George Takei and in like the most George Takei voice, it's just like, these people are foolish. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think, I think Patrick Stewart might say that as well, but I think he says it out of love. Yes. Sure. I think he uh, developed a real love for that thing over time. Uh, anyway, it's a reminder. Anyway, Star me Trek, of, still out there. Yeah, There's lots of it to watch. Wanting to get back into at least the original season, original Star Trek season two. Uh, we are close, I think. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Close to finishing up Remnants 2. Like the last maybe, boss, uh, dude. Um, we could finish it up this week. Hell I think yeah. so. We can, get it, we can get in there, finish it up. So yeah. join, us, join us for that. Uh, put, a, put a cherry on that. Um, speaking of cyberpunk, that's something I want to get into, uh, soon. So maybe once we're done with remnant, we'll spin over into cyberpunk. I really, I did not know or had forgotten that Idris Elba was in that DLC or that new stuff. So he was um, kind of the big thing they were promoting in that yep, DLC. Yep. Uh, that's old Vinnie Caravella brain right there. Uh, so I just want to uh, go hang out with Keanu now that that game is not broken. <laughs> just Johnny Silverhand. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how the DLC integrates in that game. It's Brad. I think you've said it's like kind of just mid-game stuff, right? You just kind of pick that, it up. That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and uh, we've got never been a better podcast uh, coming up. Trying to get that one up on Friday, and you can find that over at Patreon.com/slash Nextlander. We can find the latest versions of the Watchcast as well as long as as well as the uh, Ramblecast and video versions of the Ramblecast, the Planorama, all the casts are up there. Find a tier that is right for you. Any tier helps. Uh, we start at $5. You can go up from there. whole bunch of stuff over there. There is one tier, though, that gets their names read on this here podcast. It is the Mysterious Benefactors tier. And I'm going to read those names of our Mysterious Benefactors right now. Starting with 
Ryan Waterman, RRE, Bornak, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Shoulder Length Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deidre, aka The Queen Bean, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Dollar Sign, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Raz Grizz Flu, get your shots, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thanks to our mysterious benefactors, and thanks to everyone for supporting us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Couldn't do it without you and you and you. If you're listening to this, go check it out. I mean, there's some stuff there. It's all there. It's all, it didn't go away. It's mm-hmm. true. It's all, all the old stuff is still there. Uh, you can, you can check it out. You can scoop it all up. Yum, 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 yum. And get it. And we continue to make new stuff. Uh, like I said, we'll be continuing with Remnants, and then we'll switch some gears. We've got our Game of the Year stuff. Probably be similar to what we did last year for Game of the Year stuff. I enjoy that model. Uh, celebrating the Games of the Year. Uh, we will be off on Thursday and Friday uh, for Thanksgiving, so there'll be no streams uh, on that Thanksgiving week. Is that next week? Dang. Yes. Yes, it is. Holy moly. Very first Thanksgiving in years I am not traveling out for, so... <laughs> Uh, enjoy Good. your time uh, hanging out. Thank you. Uh, it works. I'm oh, sorry. It, it works, by the way. I Watching all those commercials last night, <laughs> by the end of it, I was like, ah, maybe it is the holidays. It uh, is, in fact, the holidays. Certainly coming up. What, what else but rampant consumerism <laughs> puts you in the holiday spirit? Spending times with friends and family and struggling over gifts. Yes. Um, so Thursday and Friday, we will not have streams, uh, during the Thanksgiving week here in the States. And then, uh, of course we'll have our holiday schedule in the future. So you can check that out in the future, in the near future, like a month from now, uh, for the, uh, end of December and then, uh, on to 2024. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Let's make that a better year if we can. Just in time. anything we can do. Just in time for campaign season. I was just going to say, it's an election year. Oh, God. Okay, so yeah, never mind what I just said. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much, Alex Navarro. Thank you very much, Brad Shoemaker. We will be back next week.